Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Favourites ever, ever, ever. Kirsty McCall, you just haven't earned it yet. And uh, we all know that feeling. Hey, uh, I'm Catherine Boyle. This is Talk Radio. And we're doing all sorts tonight. Uh, I've got loads of stuff to talk about. But as you know, this show is one of those ones where you kind of drive it. So if there's something you want to discuss, give me a shout. 0344 499 1000. Could be anything. But what I'm thinking tonight is, you know, it's all very well having the every man on, uh, every woman on, and uh, discussing, you know, what happens in everyday life. But we all, at this day and this time in our lives and this time in our country's history where things are very gritty and quite nasty, we all want a bit of escapism. And what better to give us some escapism than a spangling, sparkling, sequin-drenched celebrity special. So all the celebrities out there, and I know there are many of you, hi Tom, thanks, hi uh, Gemma Collins, hello, all those people, 0344 499 1000, we're going to have a very special hotline for you tonight, um, just for real celebrities, you understand, not for 
just anyone doing a voice, just come on and do a voice. Not for anything like that. We just want those famous voices just to give us a little bit of a lift on this Wednesday night. So if you have any famous people in your home at the moment, maybe you're a regular listener and and they're just staying with you, that, that happens, of course. You know, you've got your, um, I don't know, a, a Giles Brandreth there or um, uh, someone from TOWIE. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We want a sparkling celebrity special and I know you can help us with that. Uh, today I did a Boris Johnson and I'm not talking about an impression or a bad haircut or, you know, stirring up a hornet's nest and running away then shouting from the sidelines while everyone else tries to mop it up I clattered a child I clattered a child that was not my own the thing was my eldest daughter is a bit of a thesp and I'm cool with that and uh, she was starring as Tweedledum in uh, Alice in Wonderland at her school and because I work nights I have to go to the afternoon matinee performance which is a little bit rawer and uh, tends to be shared with some of the youngest children in the school and we're talking year five so what's that they were nine so I was told to get there for half past one and uh, because I don't want to arrive there too early while they're setting up and stuff and you know they like to have the parents in last time they left me standing there for 20 minutes while they sorted things out so I thought I'll, I'll turn up at 25 past gives them a chance but I'll still be early so I arrived at the school and uh, the receptionist said oh they've already started you better go in so I go into a darkened hall, right? This is basically your school nightmare from when you were a kid. Darkened hall, school you don't belong to, full of kids who are already there watching something happening. It's just, I think they were like 30 seconds into the first song. And through the darkness, I had to pick my way along the side in between where all the teachers were on the chairs and all the kids were cross-legged on the floor, Okay. So I tried to weave my way through and I'm wearing really clunky shoes today as well. So it's not great for sneaking, but I had to sneak in because they'd already started. So I start sort of picking my way along this kind of makeshift aisle along the side. And of course, there's one kid with their knees sticking out, which I didn't see. So, you know, I'm lucky I didn't go over, but that poor kid got clattered by me and me flipping clodhoppers. And the shoes I'm wearing, they're kind of um, like, you know, like, you know, like loafers in the 90s with a great big blocky heel on? Yeah, kind of like um, your porridge oatman shoes. That, that kind of vibe. Amish. So I'm wearing those, and the poor kid got a full clonk with one of those. So I sort of bent down and said, I'm really, really sorry. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. She was fine. She wasn't crying. I just did that voice because I was being a child. I'm fine. I'm fine. So I went and sat down, and for the whole first half of the performance, I'm thinking, I probably really hurt that girl. I bet she's got a me-sized footprint on her leg and it's going to be all my fault and her mum's going to find me and she's probably really hard and she's going to batter me so all the way through the first half I'm thinking I really must have another word with that kid and make sure she's alright uh, which I did in the set while they had this kind of costume change halfway through um, so then I, w I went and said to her are you alright and uh, she said yeah I'm fine I'm fine I think I might have been fussing over nothing I think she was probably as embarrassed as I was because I nearly landed on top of her. But anyway, so today I clattered a child. It wasn't a great day, but that was kind of the low point of my day. And I suppose compared to a lot of people, that's a pretty decent low. Now listen, someone's trying to phone me. Hang on. Which is a bit rude, isn't it? Considering I'm on air, but... And this person should know better. Shall I try and phone them back? Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Who have we got? Please forgive me. 
Hello, who's that? Hello, this is... This is Roger Moore speaking. <laughs> From beyond the grave, you're sounding really well. Ah, yes. I'd, I'd forgotten I'd died. <laughs> well, it's... Um, <coughs> so, how's, yes. it, how's it hanging, Roger? This is Roger Moore. It's hanging very well, thank you for asking. Catherine, <laughs> what you... uh, so I'd like a, a bag of chips. There's a can of top. Shush, shush, please. I have. I have. Shush. <laughs> you must be quiet. I have my grandson here. Oh. My grandson is called Dan DDM. A YouTuber, you may have, you may have heard of him. Oh, I didn't realize you were related. I'm going to put Dan DDM on. Oh, yes. I'm going to put Dan DDM on now. Dan, say hello to my good friend, Catherine Boyle. Hello. Nice and clearly for her. Hello. Dan, you sound different. You well, <laughs> stop, laugh, stop laughing. Well, we... I I stop laughing. Just, well, we we have to go now. Very busy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Good, goodbye. <laughs> Star-studded. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I mean, on my phone lines at the moment it says Alan Caddick is there, but it can't be Alan Caddick. It must be someone famous. Let's see who it is. Hi, Gaff. Hello, who's that? It's Alan. Are you sure it's Alan? Yeah. It's not someone really famous. Oh, and who was known as DJ Dusty? No, but I mean, like a proper famous person because this is a celebrity special. Hello, it's Ian McCaskill here. Oh, Ian McCaskill. Yeah. Well, God, let this weather for you. Live for Adrian for tomorrow. The weather for Adrian tomorrow. We've got cloudy day, we've got sunny spots, a few scattered showers, possible heavy in places around 10 degrees. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I wasn't expecting to hear from you today, Ian McCaskill, but actually that's very timely. It's been a strange day today. We've had sunshine, we've had hail, some places have had snow. What's going on? Well, it must be the ecosystem. Ah, the old ecosystem. Of course it is. Okay, Ian, do you want to pass me back to Alan Caddick? Because I think he had something to tell me. Hi, Gaff! Hey! How come uh, Ian McCaskill's there? Yeah, he, he was giving me the latest report for Aintree. Oh, of course, right, okay. Because it's day one tomorrow. Is it? Yeah. And, and what does that mean? Is that like just the warm-ups? With the... It's, the, it's the first day of the festival meeting. Right. Because we've got seven quality races tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The big one being the Betway Bowl at 2.50. The Betway was? The Betway Bowl. Oh, I thought you said Betway Bollock. No, Bowl. OK. Um, and we've got race over the Grand National Fences, yep. which is the Fox Hunters, as in F-O-X Hunters. Thank you for clarifying. For amateur riders. OK. So are you having a go? I might have a bit in the 3.25, which is the entry hurdle. Mm hmm I fancy melon. You fancy melon? Okay, and what are you going to do about the horses? Oh, right, I see. What's so fanciable about melon? He was, he was second at Cheltenham last time. Right. And he's got a good jockey on board in Port Townend. Mm -hmm. And he's traded about 11 to 2. Okay. All right, well, that sounds that sounds very reasonable, I imagine. I'm not a betting woman, but someone out there might be. And it's live on ITV as well. It's excellent. What time? Well, coverage starts at 2, 
Maybe her is at three twenty-five. I'll be busy. Well, it's also on Five Live as well. I'll still be busy. Well, but you can always catch up on the ITV Hub I'll or on BBC Sounds. No, really but busy. Why would you want to do that? You want to listen to talk radio? Exactly. Exactly. You want to hear the quality programming that we have almost twenty-four-seven. And if Eamon Hurst decides to show up as well, because I've been hearing rumours on talk radio listeners that uh, Eamon is always a no-show. What? Always a no-show? Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's here sometimes. No, but most times he's on holiday. Well, he does have a lot of he does have a lot of commitments. Let's just say that, Alan Caddick. And you know what it's like with showbiz life. Just ask Ian McCaskill. And, and or maybe we should ask Ruth. Sorry? Eamon's wife. Maybe we ought to get her on. Yeah. Alan, what are you up to? What have you been up to today? I've uh, just been getting ready for tomorrow. And like, look at the latest news and all that. Uh-huh. And how's your job going? Yeah, it's going really well. Getting, getting the papers delivered on time. Yeah. Saturday's going to be the big one. Saturday? Because it's quite National Day. So what, fatter papers? All the national papers will have 20 pages of supplements concerning the Grand National. Good grief. Do people really love horse racing that much? I just, I mean, my granddad used to like the GGs, but I don't get it. Well, £300 million will be about just on the Grand National alone. Cripes. Have you ever won? I've had the winner two years ago called One for Arthur. Called what? One for Arthur? Yeah, and he's entered for this year's National as well. Is he not too old now? Well, he missed last year due to injury. Mm-hmm. But he's back ready to regain his crown from Tiger Wall. Do, th- do you think they can come back from injury, horses, or are they generally never quite as good? Well, it happened with Red Run. Oh, OK. Interesting. Interesting. Alan Caddick, it's nice to hear from you. Can I ask you a very personal question? Have you made up with your brother yet? Still not talking. Oh, why, Alan? Life is short. Because of, we've changed the numbers. You've what? We've we've changed we've changed our numbers on our mobile, so you can't get a hold of us. Oh no! Come on. And my mum and dad don't want him back here. Oh really? Just because he asked you if you'd had a wash, and you had? No, he was he was being bossy about it. Oh, Alan. And it, no, it's up to me, mum and dad. At the end of the day. I'm just piggy in the middle. Oh, that's horrible. I feel bad for you, because I know you were close. Not too... We weren't too close. Well, I know about I'm more close to me, Mum and Dad, than I am to Robert. Oh, it's a shame, though, picking sides. But what do I know? I, you know, if I were you, I'd just give him a ring, but... No, then I'll... Then me, Mum and Dad won't be able because I'll be going beyond their backs. Oh, dear. Oh, well, Alan... Sad times. Sad times in the Caddick household. I do feel for you, love. Life goes on. Well, apparently so. Take care of yourself, Alan Caddick. And thanks to Ian McCaskill, too. See, star-studded, 0344 499 1000. Give me a ring, and if you've got a celebrity on your sofa with you at the time, so much the better. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. So, so far we've had the late Sir Roger Moore and uh, the weather broadcaster Ian McCaskill on the phone. It's been a star-studded celebration of celebrities so far. We've only been on for 21 minutes. Who on earth is next? 03444991000. Remember, we want proper celebrities only and not people doing daft voices. <coughs> 
344 Loads of stories to talk about, but as usual, you know, you can phone up about whatever you want. So, uh, And if you have a celebrity on the sofa, so much the better, but it isn't compulsory. Uh, the city of Amsterdam's latest attempt to rein in the nuisance of over-tourism by banning guided tours of the red light district has run into opposition from some of the people it's supposed to protect. We're talking about sex workers. Apparently the Dutch capital plans to ban tours saying that they're disrespectful and can contribute to uh, congestion in the narrow <clears throat> canal side streets where scantily clad sex workers sit behind windows to attract customers. As we all know, even people who've never been to Amsterdam. I'd love it if you've been there to tell me what it's like, please. The first step in the new policy was taken on Monday night in the red light district, which with uh, tours banned from 7pm. On a recent Friday night, says the Daily Mail, the problem was clear to see. Tourists bathed in a red glow emanating from the windows and peep shows neon lights were packed shoulder to shoulder as they shuffled through the alleys. By the way, I always love it when the Daily Mail do one of these stories about something that's apparently scandalous, but they have to go and check it for themselves, just in case, just so we can know what it's like without having to be subjected to the quote-unquote horrors ourselves. But the Sex Workers Union Proud questions whether banning tours will reduce tourist numbers and argues that guides educate visitors and encourage them to behave more respectfully towards the women. It could be that now there are no guides, people just wander into the area themselves and gawk at the women behind the window and take photos because there's no one anymore to inform them how to behave or what the rules of the game are in this area, said a sex worker who goes by the name of Velvet and is with the advocacy coordinator for Proud. Um, Amsterdam's Prostitution Information Centre, which is housed in the same building as Proud, offers its own red light district tours. The total ban on guided tours, which is planned to come into full force on New Year's Day next year, is another step in the city's campaign to reduce the problems associated with over-tourism and part of a broader package of measures reining in tours of the city. Uh, Bobian van Aust of the Dutch Tour Guide Association, Guido, um, slammed the ban on tours, not just of the red light district, but historic parts of the city. She said it means that guides won't be able to explain to tourists where Rembrandt van Rijn um, painted one of his fir- first famous works or where the painter's wife is buried. I mean, it's like in Paris if you're forbidding tours to go to the Arc de Triomphe or the Eiffel Tower, she said. So, just, I, I was wondering if you've ever been to Amsterdam, what it's like, whether you went on one of these tours to the red light district and whether you think that, you know, something has to be done to uh, stop it being a kind of... Uh, a kind of free-for-all, really. Oh, that's kind of the point, isn't it? But although you do have to pay if you partake. Um, whether you think that there's a point to this, I tend to think, right, with these situations, that um, people kind of wade in, especially when it comes to sex work, but what they really need to do is to listen to the sex workers, the people affected by it. Like with everything, you know, we get people making well-meaning rules about, you know, how to deal with various kind of different minorities or people who need, uh, who, who are vulnerable or are deemed to need protection. But how often do they actually talk to the people involved? I just think if Proud is saying that it's uh, it's a bad idea, I kind of get it. You know, this idea that, um, you know, they're not going to be taking groups of people around and explaining the situation from a kind of... Um, the point of view of someone who lives and or works there and instead it's just going to be people kind of rampaging through the city with uh, with their cameras and like they say taking pictures when they're maybe not maybe not uh, welcome we can have a chat about that if you want oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand have you ever been to amsterdam was it fun or did you find it a bit uh, 
also, you know, sometimes we talk about Fortnite and there's always stuff in the paper about how dangerous you know, like computer, various computer games are and how they'll rot our kids' minds and uh, you'll end up um, mopping up the chair because they won't go to the toilet and they'll get completely engrossed in it. Doctor prescribes two-week break from Fortnite for a kid addicted to video games. Dr Amir Khan gave the script to the screen-hooked youngster after he turned up at his surgery complaining of side effects from constant online play. The Doctor, who's also the star of the Channel 5 show GPs Behind Closed Doors, told his Twitter followers, The best prescription I gave today was to an 11-year-old lad. Addictive computer games impacting on his life. I even wrote it on a prescription pad and signed it. And Dr Khan joked, good luck to the pharmacist who gets that. The GP struck a nerve with people who've seen how gaming can ruin kids' lives. Uh, the Sleep Charity tweeted, We spend a great deal of time advising on limiting screen time to improve sleep patterns. When implemented, the benefits are significant. Only wish we could prescribe two. And social worker Yasek Boric told the GP, We need more doctors like you. 03444991000. Do you think that this stuff exists or really is this just like a symptom of something else, right? I was listening to a brilliant podcast um, from Scribius Pip. And he was speaking to Johan Harry, who you might remember was in the news last year um, because he was talking about um, depression and suggesting that um, apart from being a biological chemical thing, we're kind of overemphasizing that. And actually, he reckons through his research that there are kind of nine causes of depression and only two of them, I think that's the stat, only two of them were kind of biological and a lot of them are to do with the fact that we're not living in the kind of tribal setup that we were designed as human beings to be in and so it's a disconnection with society it's us living increasingly solitary lives and uh, and not being surrounded by the sort of support networks that human beings were supposed to live in you know until until social media and stuff got in the way so in this podcast Johan Harry says uh, you know about you know, this kind of worrying addiction to social media, which I think is social media and, you know, solitary pastimes like this. It's not about the thing. It's about um, the isolation. And he said something that I found really interesting. He said that um, social media, comparing social media to a real social life is like comparing uh, pornography to a real sex life. So, we were not designed to be looking at screens and watching other people do it. We're supposed to be getting involved ourselves. But the interesting thing is about games like Fortnite, for example, from from the podcast that I heard today, was that it kind of scratches an itch that is fundamental to us. Like, um, for kids who don't get... And this was a stat that I found astounding. Even prisoners who are in the highest security units, right... They have to have 70 minutes fresh air time every single day. And most of our kids aren't getting that. 70 minutes fresh air time. So things like Fortnite and games like that allow this kind of um, impression that you're roaming, that you're going out and roaming and foraging and doing all this stuff that actually people aren't doing anymore, but you kind of need in real life. Really interesting. Have a listen to that. Scroobius Pip's um, podcasts are always brilliant. And we've had him in on the show before. And he's one of these people who you spend you know, some time with him and he makes you feel better about stuff. He's a really kind of uplifting personality. So 
have a listen to that and the Johan Harry thing. It made me want to read his books because all I heard last year were people slating him and suggesting that what he was saying was that antidepressants don't work for anyone and they're a bad idea and, you know, they're a sticking plaster. That's not what he was saying at all. And actually, most of those articles were written by people who never read his books. So it made me want to read his stuff, which, of course, all the best interviews do. Anyway, we can talk about that if you want. 0344-499-1000. I've got a text message through here from Michael. Hiya, it's Sooty here. Oh, obviously he's using Michael's phone. It's Sooty here. No point in me phoning because I don't speak, but just a text to say I envy you for stomping all over that kid. Good work. I hate kids. In my shows, I tried to hurt them as much as possible, but all I have is my water pizzle. Is it pizzle? Pizzle? Pistol. Izzy Wizzy. Thanks very much for that. If you want to send me a text, you need to text TALK and your message to 87222. uh, And that'll cost you 25p plus just standard network rate. If you want to tweet me, you can do that uh, via at TALK Radio or my personal one at Flipping Kath. I'd love to hear from you. Give us a shout. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on TALK Radio. Right, you know, Ian, who normally presents this show, has got this theory that we all come from Mars originally. There may be something in it, and I'm only saying this now because he's not here. Um, but methane has been discovered on the surface of Mars, which makes me think that maybe that is where the Ians come from. A European spacecraft has confirmed a report of methane being released from the surface of Mars. It's true. The methane spike was first measured measured by NASA's Curiosity rover on the surface, and now it's been confirmed by the Mars Express orbiter. The nature and extent of the methane in the Martian atmosphere is being intensely debated. I'm sure it has. Uh, the gas is of interest because terrestrial methane can be made by life forms. You don't say. Most of whom I work with on a daily basis. Oh, as well as geological processes. Methane is only supposed to have a very short lifetime in the Martian atmosphere, so detecting it there means it must have been released very recently. Where is Ian Lee? A strong signal of methane was measured by the Curiosity rover on the 15th of June 2013. The measurement was confirmed in data collected the next day by the planetary Fourier spectrometer on board Mars Express. And the results from two studies are outlined in the journal Nature Geoscience, if you want to check it out, which of course you do because you are good. In general, we did not detect any methane aside from one definite detection of about 15 parts per billion of by volume of methane in the atmosphere, which turned out to be a day after Curiosity reported a spike of about six parts per billion, says Marco Guirana, principal investi- investigator for the PFS. So what does that mean? Although parts per billion in general means a relatively small amount, it's quite remarkable for Mars. Our measurement corresponds to an average of about 46 tonnes of methane that was present in the area of 49,000 square kilometres observed from our orbit. At the time of Curiosity's detection, it was thought that the methane might have originated north of the rover because the prevailing winds were southwards. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, someone, it's proven by science, has been farting on Mars. Fact. 0344 1,000. Are you astonished or did you suspect as much when Ian Lee went off on holiday? By the way, I have some top tips for avoiding such embarrassment as what's obviously going on on Mars. Ways you can control how much flatulence you produce. I guess this is what you want, guys. So this is what's going to happen. You can make it stop by giving me a call on 0344-499-1000. Whatever you call it, Farting, passing wind, popping off is essentially your body's way of getting rid of excess stomach gas produced during the day. And it happens between 5 and 15 times, according to Medical News Today, who clearly do not work in this office. Not all farts smell, 
Clearly, they don't work in this office. In fact, some have no odour at all and don't even make a noise. In most cases, it's nothing to worry about, blah, blah, blah. Here's what you need to do if you want to stop your boyfriend farting or girlfriend farting, although that never happens, and I'm sure when she does go, it's all glitter and rainbows. Ban chewing gum. Chewing gum is the go-to if you want to keep your breath fresh during the day, but it has an unwanted side effect because when you are chewing, you are continually swallowing air. Did you know this? The air builds up in your digestive system and makes you fart more. Fact. Two, eat slowly. Ever notice that when you inhale your food, you end up with a stomachache afterwards? Well, you'll also end up with excess gas. That's because the faster you eat, the more air you swallow. You can't avoid swallowing air altogether, but slowing down the pace you eat can reduce it. Try that. Ditch skinny jeans. Tight-fitting clothing may look good, but it's the enemy if you fart a lot. Flip in it. I mean, really. That's because it makes you more uncomfortable if you suffer from bloating. You don't say. Is this science that's told you that or, you know, life? Looser fitting clothing is the best option if you're someone who bloats because it will allow air to pass out of your body more freely. Okay. Know your allergies. And here's a thing I want to pick your brains about in a minute. If you have a food intolerance or allergy, you might find yourself suffering with gas. Knowing what you're allergic to can help you avoid any unwanted problems. Try eliminating all food that makes you gassy from your diet and then slowly introduce them back one by one to find out exactly what's causing the issue. Five, no carbs. Come on. Beans, they're talking about, of course. Six, stub it out. People who smoke, apparently you fart more. Seven, stay hydrated. There are many reasons you should be drinking plenty of water and farting less is one of those benefits. Flipping it, I mean, come on. When you are well hydrated, your waste products pass through your body more freely so that's less lo- uh, there's less likely to be an uncomfortable build-up of air. You should try and drink a glass of water with every meal to help with digestion. Exercise, banning beer and managing constipation. They're also talking about taking probiotics flipping egg tell you what though the whole bloating thing if we're going to start talking like this we might as well go for it it's something i've never really uh, had a problem with until pretty recently and i think something's happened to me i can't i get it when i drink milk now i'm pretty sure that's what it is i've tried eliminating other things and i don't want to say i'm allergic to milk because i've never been sort of um diagnosed by a doctor and i don't want to make that assumption but it does seem to be the link there that it messes with my insides milk right and i've had no problem at all with it for 40 years but just in the last year or so it really does not agree with me at all and i'm wondering whether either something has built up in me that means that i uh, can't tolerate it anymore or whether they've changed milk that's just like my my conspiracy theorist idea what do you reckon? Could that could that be a thing? And it, it doesn't seem to affect me when I um, eat cheese or like pizza or anything like that. It's just if I have like milk in a cup of tea or if I have a milkshake or something like that. And fortunately, I'm not a milkshake girl, so it doesn't really matter that much. But uh, there seems to be a thing. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Becky the witch has sent me a tweet saying, uh, "I am a woman and I do not fart glitter and rainbows." Becky the witch. Well, that's because you are, have magic powers, clearly. CJ says taking in more air eases a panic attack, and panic attack can make you fart a lot, so it's cancelled out. Wow, that's fascinating. I never thought about a link to panic attacks and farting. So there you go. It's thirty-eight minutes in, and we've covered celebrities. Panic attacks, farting, methane on uh, Mars, um, 
and all sorts. Uh, hang on, we've got a reliably informed Mr William Haig wishes to call in sometime after midnight, if that would be all right. Wonderful. Michelle Ward says, fresh breath but windy. I, this is the thing. Apparently, chewing gum is the thing. <sighs> so, uh, there you go. I, do you know what? I think at 38 minutes past, I'm spent, so I'm just going to be quiet for a bit, so you ring me up. I'll get this one. Hello, who's there? Danny. Actual Danny. <laughs> oh, depends on which phone I've rung up from, whether it's my mobile or my house phone. All right. Which one have you rung up on? Let me see. I'm going to check. Oh. House phone. House phone. Oh, it's house phone, Danny. Excellent. What have you got for me, Danny? You're just talking about um, the, the problem with milk. Yeah, it's a weird thing, and I'm not absolutely sure, but I'm pretty sure that it's milk. Oh, I- I had the same. When I got to my early 40s, I drank milk my entire life. I'd regularly have a pint a day on my cereal. And when I got to my early 40s, it just started to affect me. First of all, it, milk was the first thing it started with. I feel really bloated yeah. and, you know, like that. Yeah, and then upset stomach. Yep, and then um, the longer it went on, then I guess you start to get trumpy bum. That's no good. Yep. And then it, then it moved on to cheese. Oh, no. And then, so I can't have... I can't have any cheese, any milk. I can't have anything like that. Then it was bread. It used to make me go a bit bloated. And now it's, if I have any of that stuff, I'm 47 now. No, I'm not. I'm 48. Oh, I'm, I'm always forgetting how old I am too. You can't <laughs> have... You're in your early 30s. So lies. No, I'm 41. I'm 41. I'm officially the wrong side of 40. And it seems like it's all downhill from here. If cheese gets cut out, then that's it. That's, I used to live on bread and cheese and milk. I like my mum. My mum's 75 and it doesn't affect any of those things. But it's, it's everything now. And even things like oh, peanuts, sweet corn. I had some crunchy nut cornflakes the other day. They made me ill. Oh, no. So many of my friends, once they get to their 40s, are the same. I wonder what it is. Do you think it's this sort of build-up thing, or do you think they've changed food? No, I don't know what it is, but there's ways around it. You can go, if you go and have a look at the, the, the place that sells books that doesn't pay tax, you can go and have a look for... Because the body can no longer produce the enzymes that breaks down milk and lactose and, and uh, gluten. Right. So you can go and buy stuff from that site, and there are tablets you take one before you eat and one after you eat, and it helps brand your body create the enzymes that will break the foods down. Oh, really? So I usually forget. I've got actually the bottles on the floor now where I dropped it. But it's maybe 10 quid for 20 or 30 tablets. So yeah, it just helps the body. Just the body just naturally stops producing the enzymes for some people that breaks it down, usually in your 40s. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, so you're living on a meat diet. Yeah, so a, meat and potatoes. It's a bleak fork. Well, I'm sort of cutting down on the meat as well because I started to worry that I was getting quite thick around the middle. Like, not not overweight or anything like that, but I just noticed that my, my shape was changing and I wasn't particularly uh, happy with the idea. So the, do you know what? Drinking oat milk rather than proper milk has helped. I can have that in my... T- I yep. found that that's the best supplement because everything else went a bit funny in my tea. Um, Who's that one who does those natural smoothies as a company? Is it simple? No. Uh, no. Uh, what are they called? I Innocent. Innocent. Name. That's it. They've, they've just started a new range of milks. They do a hazelnut one, they do an oat one, yeah. and they do a almond one. And the hazelnut one is lovely. I mean, they're £2 for a 750ml bottle. Flipping out. But most places are doing a Martha where you get three, three for a fiver. So yeah. I've been having that. The, the hazelnut one is lovely. I've tried a lot of them, and some of them went a bit funny in tea, which was kind of my primary milk um, use up to that point. Yeah, I 
I can't avoid that because I've got a Tassimo machine, so I might have my milk out there. There's nothing Ooh. I can do, but that's only a little bit. And they're 40 quid. They're not expensive anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just drives me nuts. There's nothing nothing you can do about it. I've got an entire list of everything. And the more you eat, you think, oh, I'll be fine. I'll eat through it. Well, there is that thing where people who have nut allergies, if you give them a, a microscopic amount of nut mm-hmm. every day and you just keep increasing it every week, eventually those people end up with no nut allergy. Really? So it's best not to cut. Yeah, there's a bloke on... Um, on Joe Rogan's podcast, a nutritionist uh, explaining about that there, there are ways around doing things like that, but it's, uh, it can be easily done, but it's just really annoying that so many foods are... But I think that when you said, uh, have they changed it, I think now that they've changed the way that food is grown and made and produced and all the additives they add to it so that it, it's got a longer shelf life, I think that may have something to do with it as well. I do wonder. I really do wonder. I mean, it's no great loss, to be honest. When you think about it, we shouldn't really be drinking milk anyway, should we? No, milk, you know, it's milk, not about business. I, I, <laughs> I yahooed milk, and it's, I think they said it was 75% water anyway. Mm. So when people say that all these other milks aren't proper, well, they're just water with fat, and mm. they're just uh, almond milk with, with fat and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you can get calcium from other places. I know that that's a concern, you know, especially with, with women and osteoporosis, but I, I, I don't see... I'd rather go without it than suffer the consequences at this point, but I am slightly perturbed with the idea that I might not be able to eat cheese quite soon. It's not fair. There's nothing I like more than, than a big wedge of camembert Oof. and a pint of milk oh, and some biscuits. Deli- and the oh, other thing is that we were brought up on bottles of milk, weren't we, before they got taken? Yeah, my dad was a milkman. Well, there you go. You get all the gold top you wanted. Oh. I've got a famous person here, if, but they can't say it. It's Marcel Marceau. He All wanted right. to say hello. Let's have a listen. Waving. That's excellent. That really is excellent. Yeah. That's made my he night. He's, he's given a thumbs up. He says he's loving the show <laughs> and you're much better without Ian. Ah, shut up. <laughs> Thanks very much, Danny. Cheers. Take bye. care. Bye, bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. if you want to give me a ring, famous or otherwise. Hey, Amy. Hiya. Hello. Where are you? Oh, I'm in my car. Is it not a good line? No. I could just tell you're on the move. Where are you off to or coming oh. back from? Yeah, no, I'm just on my way home. I'm nearly there, so um, I'll be not, not driving in a minute. Sorry. No, that's OK. No, it's fine. What you got for us tonight? Um, so I was just obviously hearing you speaking about with the milk um, and the bloating. Yeah. Um, so my mum was probably around the same age as you when she started experiencing issues like that, um, but hers was with gluten. Um, so... She, she naturally, like, obviously, she cooks all the meals for everyone at home, so she changed everything to be gluten-free. And obviously, she's the only one that was diagnosed with celiac. Mm-hmm. And now, if I have anything that, you know, bread or, or pasta that's not gluten-free, I mean, I look about nine months pregnant within about half an hour of eating it. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. That's the frightening thing. It's crazy. Um, and then I'm exactly the same with you as milk. Um, and I was like that from a really young age. Mm. Um, and obviously really difficult to diagnose when you're young as well because, you know, you sort of live on milk. Um, but, yeah, I mean, now, if I have your ice cream, it's the worst thing ever. Um, but the good news is I can have cheese. Good. Right. As long as cheese is still involved, I can do without ice cream and I can do without milkshakes. Yeah. But exactly, so don't rule out the cheese just yet. Well, I also um, think that if you're sort of cutting down on meat and stuff, cheese becomes really important because it just it gives you a little bit of substance, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, don't give up the cheese just yet. And... Oh. oh, we're losing you a bit. 
Go on, repeat what you just said, the last bit. There's loads, there's loads of alternatives to milk. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're very wise words, Amy, but we're completely losing you. But thank you for ringing up and giving me some kind of reassurance. I appreciate it. <laughs> Take care, but good night. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We've got Star the other side of this, and then you, if you fancy it, give me a shout. Yeah, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. All right, I'm going to admit we've had a shaky start, but we seem to be onto something now. It's not scientific, but we seem to have a number of callers telling me that something happens when you hit 40 that means that some foods become your kryptonite. Mine, it would appear, is milk. I'm hoping it doesn't go over into cheese and stuff because I can do without milk. I'm not an ice cream person. That's cool. But if milk goes, there really is no point anymore. Hey, Star. Hello. Hello. What do you got? Well... Talking about the the stomach problems and that and the bloating and stuff. Yeah. I uh, yeah I uh, I have those kind of things. I I've been under investigation now since October 2016. Oh blimey! For possible Crohn's. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had multiple colonoscopies, endoscopies, CT scans, and whatnot. Um, I had a CT scan done a couple of weeks ago, and they found a adenoma or something on my um, anebal gland or adrenal gland. Right. And basically it's to do with hormones and stuff like that because of me having no thyroid because I had the, the, the cancer tumour on my thyroid that I have removed. Mm-hmm. And because I'm on tablets to bring up my hormones it's just made everything go all over the place. Oh gosh. And with these stomach problems I constantly have the bloating um all the time sometimes I can look like I'm pregnant and ready to burst I bloat that much mm-hmm. um you know chronic cramps to the point where it's hard to get out of bed because my stomach's cramping that bad and you know it's, it's it's horrible and people say oh well cut these these foods out problem is I can eat something one day be totally fine nothing wrong yeah. And then I'll eat it another day and I'll have a really bad attack and I'll be be literally curled up in a ball in yeah. pain. There's obviously loads more to it with you, Star. It, that, yeah. But it's, uh, it sounds awful, really awful. And, you know, people who've never had... You talk about stomach cramps and people think, oh, you know, oh, what a shame, stomach ache. No, it's awful. I, I, I've had yeah. stomach cramps in the past that have left me doubled over and you think that there, yeah. there must, it feels almost like someone's stapling you in yeah, half. It, 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 it literally feels like somebody has got all your insides yeah. and they're twisting it in a voice yeah. and they're just twisting and twisting and twisting. Yeah, I was getting that a lot with milk and that's why I started sort of trying to eliminate things and seeing if it was that. And, mm. and I've got to say that since I started drinking all the stuff in my tea, it's gone. And it, it used yeah, to happen honestly. here a lot because I suppose at home I'm always on the go. I never get a chance to finish a cup of tea, yeah. so I wasn't ever drinking them. But we're here, you know, we get, we get brought cups of tea and it's brilliant. Um, and I, but I get to drink probably. I was getting to drink more milk than I was during the day, and I, I, it was awful stuff, awful. But you know, nothing compared to what you're going through. So, what's the doctor saying now? Um, basically, she's still sort of on the verge of. She thinks it's Crohn's. I've got to have more. Um, tests done but she wants more in-depth tests mm. to have a look at this adenoma 
um, on my adrenal glands. So I've got to go for more tests for that. I've got to go for another in-depth CT scan, um, have some uh, blood tests done to check my hormone levels. But because I'm on medication to um, trick my body into thinking that I've got a thyroid, yeah. it messes with my hormones. Okay. So they can't do the tests straight away because they need to figure out whether I need to come off my medication for a while before doing the test mm -hmm. or whether they can do the test whilst I'm on the medication. But this medication, I'm, I'm on it for the rest of my life, basically. Yeah. I can't come off it. They can either lower it or they can hire it. That's it. Mm. And the problem is, when, when, I, when I wasn't on the medication, it made me ill. I was tired constantly, um, feeling sick. I couldn't do nothing. Yeah. I was so exhausted. It was just unbelievable. Did it put you off eating? Because you knew there'd be yeah. repercussions every time. Yeah. Yeah, it does sometimes. I mean... <sighs> I don't want to be, you know, rude or anything, but it's the fear, the fact of, of it. Since having all this happen, I'm scared to eat because within five ten minutes of me eating, I'm rushing back and forth to the toilet oh, because of the way my, my stomach goes. Yeah. And I can have some good days where I'm okay, and I'll probably like two or three times, and then there's other times where I'm, I'm constant all the time during yeah. the day, yeah. and it's numerous amounts of times, and it's just. I never know whether I'm going to get a good day or whether I'm going to get a bad day. Yeah. And a bad day sounds flipping exhausting apart from anything oh, else. It, it is, it really is. And it's because I've got other other problems as well with mm. PC, uh, PCOS mm. and endometriosis. And I've got sleep apnea with insomnia. I'm just constantly tired all the time because there's some days where, you know, I'll sleep all day and then I'll wake up and I'm tired. I'll go to bed and I'll sleep. But then there's other times where I'll go to bed and I can't, for the life of me, doesn't matter what I do, I cannot switch off. I can't sleep. Oh, and I'm lying there tossing and turning until like six, seven o'clock in the morning. Until I'm like that exhausted, I literally just fall asleep. And then I'm sleeping all day again. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just, my body clock is all over the place. It oh, really is. Poor thing. And people think, you know, that I'm just, because I'm lazy, but I'm not, you know, because of how ill I am. Yeah. But because I don't look physically ill, it's everything on the inside, basically, and mm. it's just... Oh, well, I do feel for you. Thank you for giving us a ring. I'm, I'm sorry I'm going to have to cut you short, but it sounds like you could do with a lie down. Flipping heck. <laughs> <laughs> nice to speak to you, Star. You too. Take care. 03444991000. We've got Becky the Witch the other side of the news, and then it could be you. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
Linda Lindell, what a man, 1968, right? I had no idea until a few years ago that that was the sample they used on the on what a man, you know, from the 1990s. Okay, so I looked up Linda Lindell. The most amazing story. Born in 1946, white girl used to sing in both black and white gospel choirs at a time when, you know, they kept the races really, really separate in in the United States. Was singing with R&B groups, was backing up people like uh, James Brown, Tina Turner, despite, again, you know, the, 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 the divisiveness of that happening. She had that hit, and from that hit, she... Um, attracted the attention of people like the KKK, got threatened, gave up her career. Incredible, isn't it? Linda Lindell. And she's still alive. I wonder what's happened to her. But she was from Gainesville, Florida. What a woman and what a voice. What a shame that that's what put an end to it. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We've been talking about, well, all kinds of stuff, right? But the stuff that's stuck so far is what's your kryptonite? It would seem that a lot of us are getting to a certain age, and by certain age I mean about 40, and you start to like suffer symptoms from eating stuff or drinking stuff. Although, you know, it's kind of broadened out on Twitter. And thanks for all these. Uh, if you want to tweet me, it's at Flipping Calf. Um, someone, uh, that autism poet is saying hair loss is their kryptonite. I am the walrus shellfish. I used to love them. Now one bite and I missed a blobby with green spots. That bathroom chap, uh, Jaeger. I'm imagining you mean uh, like, you know, like the booze Jaeger. And like, it's probably like the quantities rather than the stuff itself, right? Um, Conscious Man is telling me it's GM food. Uh, the food has changed and that's why you can't digest it. Human enzymes have evolved over millions of years with our diet and they can't cope, cope with the overnight introduction of GM. Really? I'm thinking it's probably something more, like, genetic. Anna Foster's saying, Greg's baguettes you can't do. Try almond uh, or oat milk in your tea. It's like a flapjack-flavoured beverage without the added calories and you won't look back. No, I've started taking something else in my tea and I feel a hell of a lot better. I was getting terrible cramps. I was getting really thick around the middle. I was having unusual bathroom experiences, let's put it that way. I thought I was really ill. And so I started sort of eliminating certain things. And milk is the thing that it seems to have been stemmed back to. I've not been diagnosed with anything, so any doctors listening, I know you'll probably be frustrated by this, but, you know, getting rid of the milk, although cheese and other dairy stuff is still okay with me, getting rid of the milk seems to have worked. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uh Monty says, meat, horrible meat, dairy, horrible dairy, 100% vegan. I can't do animal protein, it just doesn't agree with me. There you go. I can, I can get why that might be the case. Hey, Becky the Witch. Hello. Hello. You were going to give me a ring about... Uh, what's your kryptonite? Um, my kryptonite is probably like the guy who tweeted you about animal protein mm-hmm. because I am vegan myself. Right. And how long have you been vegan? I've actually been vegan since last year, September, October time. Mm-hmm. And before that, what, vegetarian or...? No. Just went straight to vegan as well. Wow! I didn't, not over. No, no, not not overnight. Okay. I just went <laughs> not an overnight process, but it was uh, the slow and steady process of mm-hmm. becoming vegan. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. what and what made, what caused the change? For me, because I just wanted to. There was nothing like uh, health reasons or down with animal rights, even though I am. Yeah, but it was nothing to do with that. It's just because you know, I've always had an interest in it. It's always fascinated me, and I just thought, you know what? Why not? Do you know what? I think anyone who thinks about it properly, there's no moral argument for eating meat, really, and especially now. But it's, mm. so, and we all know that, right? 
people that still yeah. eat meat like me. We all know that, but we just have this moment yeah. where we go, ah, yeah, but it's not going to make that much difference if I just have a burger. But I must mm. admit that cutting down on meat, I do feel a lot better. Yeah. I have been in a slimming world for about two years now, and it's never really made an impact on me until I started to go vegan. Really? And I've just noticed that past past few months or so, I have lost a tremendous amount of weight. Do you mind me asking how much? So far, since I actually started Slimming World two years ago, now I've lost two and a half stone of weight. Blimey. Since I've gone vegan, uh, well, before, actually, I started to put some back on. Mm -hmm. And since I've been doing the vegan diet properly, I've actually, it's probably, oh, stone. So it's it's really kick-fired my um, weight loss. Mm -hmm. My skin is getting better. It's not not clear like wants it to be but it's getting better and I'm 33 and I've suffered from IBS since I was about 30 and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's majority of it was down to milk you think mm. you're talking about the same yeah. sort of symptoms I was saying about like, bloating mm. cramps the runs yeah I, yeah I still get IBS now because I have stress, I have a stress disorder, I have mental health problems, and IBS that comes with it. Yeah. Well, it does for me anyway. But I've noticed since I've made a few dietary tra- changes, like with my veganism and stuff, I found that it's helped improve it. Mm. See, this is the thing, I was starting to worry with the sort of stomach cramps I was getting, I remember Ian saying, go to the doctor. I was starting to worry that I had something more serious, you know, rather than mm. just being something not agreeing with me. And I was starting to worry about IBS yeah. and stuff like that. And I must admit, I did buy some sort of med- medication, over-the-counter stuff, not over-the-counter, yeah. st- you know, straight from the supermarket stuff that was was for your digestion and, you know, could be IBS-related. But since I stopped mm. drinking milk, I've not been getting it at all. Like, not at all. Not even a, yeah. a bit. But I've noticed with my youngest daughter... It's been for about two, no, for about three months now. Hmm. She just throws up out of nowhere. And I wonder whether it's milk as well. How old is she, if you don't mind me seven. She's seven. Seven. Yeah. Right, wow. Because my daughter, she's 11 and she still drinks milk and she doesn't really have any problems. It it may be that my kid likes to, because it does tend to be on a day where she's had like milkshakes and on a milkshake day she will have been eating all sorts of other crap as well. So it might just be that she's got no off switch and uh, her body rejects what she doesn't need, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm trying to sort of eliminate stuff with her just to check it out. Because, you know, there's no point taking a kid who's thrown up to the doctor Mm. unless you've got some evidence that it's, that there's a pattern to it, is there? Because kids throw yeah. up all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. But if she's seven and she's thrown up, yeah, it's kind of a concern that though. Yeah, because, of course it is. Yeah, the kids throw up all the time, but usually when they're under the age of five or four. Yeah, 
but there, okay. but it seems to be that there's a thing going around at the moment you know with the like a vomiting bug at school so it never it's never yeah. happened in isolation where i can go ah you know that's what it might be but it just seems to be they seem to pass stuff around that school like nobody's business like past the mucky parcel mm. and um but I am worried about it. I'm, think, I'm thinking one more time and I'm going to take her to the doctor because it is starting to get a bit frequent. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, I know. I say it out loud. And mm. This is the thing, right? I'm one of these people that I don't go to the doctor an awful lot and, so, and I don't want to be that mum who's always there because, you know, mm. little madam is um, chucked up again, especially if they say, what's she eating? And I'll go, loads. So, yeah, mm. I, need to, I need to look at that. I'm saying it out loud and I sound terrible, don't I? Yes. If you... I was no, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I was, I was um, keep a food diary of like what she's eating and yeah. stuff, so yeah. you can keep like a at a glance post progress yeah. and stuff. You're right. Do you know what? I'm going to start doing that from tomorrow. You're right. Thanks, Becky. No worries. It was nice Any to speak time. to you. Nice to speak nice to you. Nice to speak to you too. Bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hello, Elaine. Sorry. Hello. Is that you, Elaine? It, it is, yes. Hello. Is, yeah. Thank you for ringing. Hi, I was just confused about what uh, the topic was. Well, we're talking... I was ringing about Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, what? And uh, the Why? target practice. Jeremy Corbyn and what? And the target practice by the military. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is that what we're talking about? I just... I just heard a completely different subject. I'm sorry. I, no. I only tuned in, you know, about... 20 minutes ago and I thought the subject was about uh, Jeremy Corbyn. It isn't, but you can talk about it if you want, Elaine. I don't mind. There's no point, really. It's not interesting. I, I'm well, not, I can. I'm not yeah. saying... I'm not interested. I'm interested in what you have to say. Well, I I think it's appalling. I think it's, uh, it's very indicative of, um, you know... I'm not saying the guy's perfect, but I think the smears that he's had have been... Extraordinary, right. and um, and I, I I just think that you know when they're saying oh well you know well we we do that with people you know take target practice well well they shouldn't. So no, here's the story, uh, just in case anyone's missed it. Okay, a video showing soldiers firing at a Jeremy Corbyn poster for target practice demonstrated a serious it's error. Really bad now actually because I'm on. I'm on the wrong line. I was actually listening to somebody who was who was discussing it, and you're on a totally different. It's all right, yeah. Elaine. This is fine. This is a sort of show where you can ring up and talk about whatever you want. Right. So it's, it's fine. I was I was just sort of answering that, and, and I just kind of assumed that. I I just think that the the guy. I want him to go, you know, because I just think he's. Um, He's never going to win because he's actually very genuine. Yeah. And he, he's, he, I know he's met Hezbollah and I know he's met the IRA, but so did Margaret Thatcher. So did, I, I know not everyone met Hezbollah, but, you know, there's a lot of Israelis that protest for, for the Palestinians. I just think um, the guy's not going to get anywhere uh, because of things like the army shooting him as a traitor. I just think it's appalling. I would love to know who else they are, they're using for target practice, whether they're just using famous faces. It doesn't excuse it. I think it's awful. And the fact is they're going to investigate it so someone else agrees. I don't think it's... I think what it is... Um, gosh, I don't even know your name. Catherine. 
Oh, ca- sorry, Catherine. That's I'm all right. Elaine. Uh, I think the thing is, is what it's just what I, I see a lot online, and um, and it, it it's kind of like very unnecessary. And I think it's unkind awful. It's not just unkind, Elaine. It's it's flipping dangerous, right? Because we're it in such dangerous. a kind of tinderbox environment yeah, at the yeah. moment that you know people suggesting people are traitors and and threats of violence are one thing, but actually this video, it's highly irresponsible. I agree with you. Well, uh, oh, well, I'm glad you do, because I, do. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, um, but I've, I've, and it always amazes me, you know, I'm not, I vote for a party because of the manifesto. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaders can be changed. But, um, you know, there's so many soldiers on the streets, so many that have, you know, not been looked after, and the fact that they think he's a traitor... Um, concerns me because, to be honest, you know, what did Tony Blair do? You know, most people in history have made decisions that, you know, weren't the right ones. Mm. And uh, I just think he's a guy that really stands by his. In fact, I don't even think I don't think he wants a second referendum. I think he no. Quite quietly to get out. I think, uh, you know, I'm not a massively political person, I've got to be honest, but I think the impression I have of Jeremy Corbyn is that he will stand by his principles to a fault, you know. Well, do you know what, Catherine? That's kind of what I like. I just kind of go with that. Mm. So... Oh, it was lovely to talk to you. You too. Thank Th- thanks for ringing, even though you got the wrong number. I, I know you were talking about. It's a, <laughs> I had twins. Oh, did you? Nightmare. Oh, God, no, it actually wasn't. How, how old are they now? Twenty-three. Right. Gosh. And, you know what? Not honestly. The, the first couple of years, and because of the time, it was so difficult. Mm. I was so terribly depressed. I bet. But it was the end of my life. And now they're just the greatest guys, and fortunately they they look into things a little bit more than other people do, and I like to think that they're very ethical and yeah. decent. Good. I'm glad. So. I'm glad it worked out all right for you. It's so hard. We have twins every generation of my family. So I remember my <laughs> auntie having little twins, a boy and a girl, and coming into the room putting them down in their baby carriage when they were tiny and just going off for a cry. She said, it's just so hard, no one told me. It was hard enough when I had single babies. I can't imagine what it's like to have two. I know, and I tell you what, though, you have muscles on muscles. Yes. Because you've got everything's double, double child, you know, the child, like, in the car seats and double the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, did, I did look quite fit at the time, but I was absolutely distraught. Mm. <laughs> But honestly, I think once they get to about five or six, they're absolutely wonderful. Well, they become company then, don't they? Yeah, exactly, and that's easier. And, you know, it's easier leaving them at school on the first day. <laughs> it's easier leaving them at anywhere. Oh, because they've, they've got each other. They've got each other, mm. yeah. Do they get on? Uh, they do get on. They're extremely different, extremely different. And um, they don't really have a lot of contact when they're apart well they think that Facebook's just for silly old people like me um, but when they're here together they have very very intelligent discussions where I'm actually I, I, I'm blown away a bit so oh. yeah 
Oh, I can tell how proud you are, Elaine. Well done for surviving it. Twins, honestly. <laughs> well, well done you for letting me speak. It's very kind of you, and I've had a few couple of glasses of wine, and I feel that I've put my point all right. So yeah, you've done, you done really well. You're on talk radio, by the way, Elaine. Do you know what? I love talk radio. Good. But I, I can't always get it live. Well, this is an outrage. Where are you? I'm in Cumbria. Right, I shall send a letter to the management immediately and sort that out. I'm so. struggling with that because actually I have to watch it on YouTube or get it on my phone. Uh. Yeah, and I've got to adapt radio stuff and 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 honestly, I've listened to it lately and I just think I just love this state. Like I always like Matthew Matthew Wright and um, I was listening to Ian what's this is on ten to one. Yeah. He's normally on this. I do this. I do this show with him normally. He's absolutely hilarious. Well, good. I'm glad you like it. He'll be back next week, but it's just me this week. If you fancy a gab. Oh well, you're even better. You're you're lovely because he's like really cheeky, but I loved it. Just really entertaining. Good. I'm glad. It's nice to find. It's nice for us to find each other, Elaine. Thanks for ringing. Oh, thanks, Catherine. Take care. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand or anyone who drifts in really, you know the score. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Well, as you just heard, you can ring up about whatever you want. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I am asking though what your kryptonite is, and it started off as a, as a conversation about food you can't eat anymore, right? All of a sudden, you just couldn't eat it. Um, but it's turned into something quite different. Um, Andrew says, this is on Twitter, Andrew says, it seems since I got into my 40s I'm up twice a night for a pee. Does that happen to women too or is it mostly blokes? And does anyone know why that is? Because I know it's a kind of thing that people talk about. Des O'Connor, when he announced he was having a baby in his 70s or whatever, said, I'm already up three times a night for a pee anyway, so it won't make any difference. But what is it? What is the thing? And what is the age at which that begins? I'd be really interested to know. But Andrew says, since I got into my 40s, I'm up twice a night for a pee. I do drink a lot of tea, and I suppose this is not good, especially before bedtimes. I also feel for the lady with insomnia, as I too suffer with this. Cures for insomnia, right? Everyone's got one. The thing that works for me is something that my mother-in-law told me about years ago, and I couldn't understand it, and when she told me about it, I laughed it off for weeks, right? And then when I tried it, it was fail-safe. Salad, salad, pronounced S-A-L-I-D, salad, sandwich, right? And she said, let me make you a salad sandwich. And I thought, excellent, mine's a cheesy one. It's just, no, no, nothing, nothing to make the salad exciting, just like lettuce and stuff. Works a treat. Apparently, lettuce is a soporific, so that's why... Um, apparently, you shouldn't give it to rabbits because it gives them the trots and stuff, but also it, it makes them drowsy. And it will do the same for you, minus the trots, hopefully. If not, make sure you've got a, an ensuite or something or brown sheets. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. But yeah, um, insomnia. You know, when does that stuff kick in? Simon Hindle, thanks very much for your message. He says, caffeine, what used to be a nice coffee is like taking speed now. No sleep and a racing pulse. Thankfully, easy to avoid. Red bush tea now. Yeah, caffeine is something that I can't drink anymore. I've, I've not drunk it for about two years because it drives me nuts. Again, because I don't get a full, like, you've got little kids, you'd never get a chance to finish a cup of tea at home. I, I've got, like, half drunk cups of tea, cold, various locations. You can, you can see where I've tried to get something sorted out and not been able to finish it. But what was happening was, it was when we were working on the breakfast show at Three Counties, 
I would be chugging the strongest coffee all morning as if it was water, right? Because you're thinking, I've got to stay awake, got to stay awake. But also, you just get used to it. And there was this particular stuff, and I think it was by Starbucks, and you could buy it from Tesco, and it came in this tiny little canister. It was quite expensive, and it was that sort of really fine-milled powdered stuff. And we were on that for about three weeks, not noticing any difference during the day. But on the weekends, when obviously I'd left this stuff at work, I was having the most awful downers, like proper mood swingy, feeling like I could cry. I found myself Googling on NHS Direct. I found myself Googling, um, uh, what's it called? Mood disorders. Because I thought there's something wrong with me. I've got absolutely nothing. Nothing's the matter, but I just can't. I just can't. All weekend. Turned out it was that coffee. Not that coffee. It was the amount of that coffee I was drinking and then not drinking any at all all weekend. It was leading to this kind of like coffee hangover. So the fact that that could have an effect on me like that frightened me to death. And I stopped drinking caffeine pretty much around that time. And I do feel feel better. But I do remember the withdrawal of stopping drinking caffeine headaches, feeling sick, feeling lethargic, like I say, mood swings. And you think, but we kind of dose ourselves up every single day in this country. And who would have thought, right, we'd be in a time, 2019, where people are going to drive through coffees. It's crazy when you think about it. If someone had told you that 20, 30 years ago, you'd think they were joking, right? It's like having a drive through jam bar, isn't it? But coffee, I really do think it contributes to an awful lot of like stuff that you... It's probably under the radar and we'll find it out in years and years' time. And there's another one of my conspiracy theories. I'll take my um, my tinfoil hat off now, but it seems I'm not alone. Thanks for that anyway, Simon. Um, if you want to give me um, a ring, I'm on 0344 499 And thanks for all the suggestions as well. And yeah, you know what? Now I've said about my little and throwing up as much as she do, does. I've really got to keep an eye on that, haven't I? Um, and thank you for your suggestions as well. If you want to send me a tweet, it's at FlippinCath um, or at Talk Radio. But you can ring about whatever you want. If you just want to offload about your day, you know, if uh, if you just fancy having a chat about something that happened that you're still trying to puzzle through, I'm your woman. 0344 499 I've got some stories as well here that we can t- talk about. This was one that, you know, given the sort of conversations we've been having recently on this programme, I thought you might find interesting. A supermarket checkout assistant has been banned from a shopping centre after she ran a Robin Hood theft racket in which she let hard-up customers dodge paying for their groceries. Sophia Gordon repeatedly failed to scan purchases when they were placed on her conveyor belt, giving free items to people who said they couldn't pay. The mum of two got away with her scam for up to three months until she was caught following an investigation at discount giant's quality save in Manchester. One of her friends was also arrested for stealing groceries during the illicit quote-unquote free transactions. It's thought the store will not be insured for the thefts because the missing items were due to the willing involvement of an employee. Gordon, who worked at Quality Save for three years, later admitted that she'd given away goods to two customers on at least 16 occasions, though she didn't know the value of the missing items. The 43-year-old insisted she'd failed to scan the purchases due to a misplaced sense of being helpful to people. She lost her job at Quality Save following the probe and was later banned from the Stretford Arndale, which in turn cost her another job at the fashion retailer's Peacocks, which has a branch in the Mall. 
Mall. At Manchester Magistrates Court, Gordon, who lives just a few doors from the shopping centre, admitted 16 charges of theft by employee and was ordered to complete a 12-month community order which will include 200 hours of unpaid work. She was also ordered to pay 285 costs. Shelley Harris, 32, of Cholton Cum Hardy, admitted stealing groceries from the store and was fined £120, which, with £175 cost, and ordered to pay £180 compensation. The racket took place, this is according to the Mirror, between August and October 2017 after Gordon set up a system in which she planned for customers to come to her till so she could give them free items, the court heard. Her defence lawyer, Andrew Cowan, said it was through this work she was able to identify the two customers, including Miss Harris. These were two people. She didn't know them socially, only from her years working there. She was approached by the customers who said they were struggling financially. It started by them saying that they were a couple of pounds short. They would say they'd come and give her the change another time, but they soon stopped doing that. They would say, it's my birthday, could you give me something a bit cheaper? Or they'd asked if she would put, wouldn't put something through the till. She said she did this through a misplaced sense that she was helping and being nice. She had no problems whilst working there and there was no animosity towards the employer. There was no bad feeling, simply a misplaced sense of trying to help people. She's currently on universal credit. She has two children aged 20 and 19 who are both in education. She was working at Peacocks for two weeks after losing her job, but once she was banned from Stretford-Arndale, she lost that job too. She's sorry for what she's done. She said it was a stupid thing to do. And again, she's sorry. Uh, she felt she didn't have an, an option. She was planning to sell them. They were consumables. They weren't for her. Sentencing District Judge James Hatton told Gordon, you're somebody who's never been convicted of a criminal offence, but you do have a caution for dishonesty uh, offence of some time ago. Within each commission of the offence you executed, you threw that trust back in the face of your employer by your actions. You say what you did was out of some sort of misguided kindness by being kind to people, but I find that hard to believe that on the 16 occasions you did this out of either misguided friendship or misguided loyalty. There was a system and degree of planning as these people came to your till. All of these items were facilitated for you to be able to do. Um, do. Anyone else think that's just a really sad story? Like a really sad story. Or am I a soft touch? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hello, Barry in Weston. Hi, how are you doing, Catherine? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. I, I missed most of the show last night, unfortunately. I caught, I think, about the last half an hour. I was up to uh, Wolverhampton for the football. Well, how very dare you, but I'll let you off this time. <laughs> I know, yeah. But, you know, I've, I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed the show since Monday. Oh, uh, can I just say that I thought Elaine was a lovely caller. She was great. I mean, she kind of stumbled in here, which is always a danger, but I think she found the right day to do it, to be honest. Yeah, and I thought that was really nice how you, you sort of said to her, you know, you express yourself, and that's the whole idea of calling in. Yeah. I know the station's not, um, well, not the station, but the, uh, Ian and your show is not over-political, and that's fine, you know. Mm. I enjoy all the banter, but, you know, I, I think that what she opened up was something that I feel quite strongly about. Go on, Go on Barry. Yeah, I mean, I, you've been doing some really excellent um, work, I think, with Nigel, and I do, you know, it, 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 it's absolutely marvellous, you know, we've, over the over the years, we've had a, a little bit of fun with Nigel, and, and he's a nice guy, and I understand all his difficulties and he, his vulnerabilities, um, and I, I think both yourself and Ian have really shown a lot of compassion, you know, and you've really tried. Well, I think when you're confronted with something like that, what else can you do, really? Yeah, that's a point I was tr I was going to make. Um, 
it seems to me that you know you look around and there seems to be all these benefits available and there are there are a lot of people now that are in big areas of need now there's mm -hmm. no doubt about it but it seems that sometimes there's no substance there's fact sheets available and you've got to get a, 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 a you've got to be assessed and all the rest of it but actually getting benefit to people who need it sometimes you know there people can't wait days or weeks no and here's the thing you have to know what you're entitled to and you have to ask for it and you also have to know how to ask for it and for a lot of people that's just not possible you know, if they're, especially if they're at their lowest ebb, if we're talking about mental health or someone with vulnerabilities like a learning difficulty or something, they're not going to know that that's what they're supposed to be doing. They just pay what they're they just pay what they're asked for if they can. And what I couldn't bear was, you know, the thought of someone not eating because they were so frightened that they were going to, you know, going to end up homeless. But you know, there are things out there, but you have to flip and fight for them. And you, and if you've got no one to advocate for you, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty difficult, if not impossible, for some people. No, I agree, and, and I mean, I mean, do you do you feel that? I know it's we explained a, a lot about um, uh, Nigel's situation, you know, and I understand by listening, I've learned a little bit more from you and what you've been trying to do. I mean, do you feel that you're making any advances, Catherine? I think so. Well, look, if but do you know what? It comes to something when a bit of good news is that someone's got a referral to a, a food bank. Do you know what I mean? That was the high point yesterday, but that was somewhere that he wasn't before. And if it means that he can say, it means if he can pay his bills and he's not worried about, you know, when you're talking to him and he's saying things like, "Well, it's Friday, I'm not going to have any money till Wednesday. I don't suppose I have to eat tomorrow." I mean, what kind of a society lets someone go on like that? Yeah, and that's why that's why I think Catherine, uh, you know. I he, he's got an advocate now in terms of, right, he's got this charity that's stepping in that are going to try and organise his bills for him. I am worried that that's not long-term help, but let's see what happens with that. You know, the MP's been super, actually. She jumped straight in and she's got him referred to a food bank. So that's one practical thing. But long-term, you know, social services can't step up if he's not got a, an assessment. Now, no one's going to get that for him apart from himself unless some sort of advocate, someone steps in and it's just about looking around for that person, you know. Hmm. We, we do have to be, we have got to start to move to being a little bit more compassionate. You know, I'm fortunate, really. I've worked 50-odd years. I've, I've worked hard. I think I've done my whack, but I'm, I'm not grumbling. I'm, I'm okay. But I look around and I'm seeing a lot of problems. There's, a, there's an awful lot of issues out there that really de do need addressing. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't really apologise for my politics. I am where I am. And, and I know, you, you're again, getting back to this point about not being too political here. Mm. But I just think that compassion is at the art of everything. And I think it is a question the stronger got to look after the weak. Yeah, I think it's a measure of a society how much you look after the people that can't look after themselves. Yeah, I, you know, and I, and I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of cases now. Uh, I talk to a lot in Western. There's a lot, a lot of homeless people. There's all sorts of issues behind that, the fact that they're homeless. Mm. But the one thing that keeps coming to light, as far as I'm concerned, is when you talk to them, they they're sort of pushed from one place to another, and you never really get to a point where they're actually addressing the problem. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Until it becomes criminal, no one steps in. You, exactly, you've got it, you've got it. But the, the other thing I wanted to just mention quickly, if I, if I 
if I'm allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's just it's just about lifestyles, you know, and you're talking about little bits of problems that occur as you get a little bit older. Yeah. But I have honestly found uh, Catherine since 1986 when I. I've become vegetarian and I stopped eating the meat and then bit by bit by bit I tried to improve my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and I'm lucky and I'm blessed and you know I'm still running I did a half marathon a couple of weeks ago and that's incredible Barry because I can't run around the corner (laughs) it's not everybody's forte I understand that Catherine I I enjoy it like sticking a bit of music on and getting out and getting some fresh air and I'm lucky I'm still doing it Mm -hmm. but I do think it's important that you know we've got to start and look at the old the old meat industry and uh, uh, and what it does to us and you know I, I think the younger generation will start to see this a little bit more now there's a, m- a lot more education out there and I, I honestly do think you you are better for it when you start to get you know what you're eating under control and try to eat a little bit you know more decently and a bit more consideration about what you're actually putting inside your body, you know? Yeah, but you know what? There'll be people listening to this now switching off at this point because they're thinking, well, I like I like meat. Yeah, but you need it every day. This is the thing. I, I think we've got this kind of habit in this country which is based on how we used to live, right? So you you would normally be out all day. So you'd have a big breakfast because you, you were a working man or woman. You'd be out all day long, right? So you needed to set yourself up for the day. Then you'd have a lunch, again, something fortifying because you were doing hard work. And then in the evening, you'd load up, right, on sort of very starchy potatoes, meat, all that sort of stuff because you were you were burning it off at a rate that, you know, it, it wouldn't sit on your backside. But the thing is, we don't live like that anymore. We don't. And yet we're still eating the same way and, and then wondering why it sort of sits in our flipping colons and makes us feel terrible. I think, you know, honestly, I, sound, I know I sound very self-righteous about this at the moment, but it's only because I realise I've spent years and years putting crap inside my body and actually now, if it goes a few days and I've not had a decent amount of veg, I really miss it. I have kind of a withdrawal thing and I think, right, I don't need, what, I, what I don't need is beige, colourless food. What I need is something bright, that's going to go straight through and it does feel cleaner you know and it's not and it's not stuff it's not expensive stuff i'm not super bothered about you know going organic or anything like that it's just get plenty of veg in and honestly you feel you feel different and you feel better yeah yeah i, I mean it, it, it's, it's just a little bit about re-educating your taste buds i mean mm-hmm. i you, you know we've spoke to you about various things over over the years i come from a you know working class family and so you know it was coal mining uh it was the old ethics but went behind it of uh, you know, hard work and and good food good food was you know as, as much as you could get in the meat line i mean sometimes they struggled to get and, and i tell you what else was a thing treating kids with food my grandparents used to do it and, it, and it's the war generation because they didn't have it they'll give it to you and they'll give you in big quantities you know what i mean that's a thing that's a hangover from that time yeah exactly i mean you know i spoke to you before you know i was sort of born in 43 so i was a recipient just after the war you know where they'd gone through that five years of hardships and all the rest so you know as young kids we were going to be blessed with giving us as much in the way of butter and all the rest yeah. of the stuff you know you're quite right about that Catherine I remember my granddad I went to stay with my grandma and granddad once and they gave me loads of toast like big door stops and the butter was sitting on top of it like in a thick thing and I sort of went he saw me scraping it off 
coffee and went, what are you doing? That's best butter. He was offended. Because... And they all dripping as well. You oh, God, yeah, dripping. I had a bad experience with that. I found a cold bowl full and stuck my finger in it thinking it was cake mix. That was a nasty surprise. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, wanted to, they wanted to build you up because they knew what it was like to be hungry. And I get that. I totally get that. But we're not in those days anymore, are we, Barry? No, we're not. You know, we've moved on. I think there's a lot of education now. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's all out there. I think if young ones want to embrace it, and a lot are. I was just thinking about your granddad. I was listening to you the other night when you were chatting about him. Might yeah. have been last night, actually, what bit I caught. He seemed a bit of a character. There was a lot of characters around then, wasn't there? Both my granddads were characters. Both of them were characters. One of them was a massive uh, fibber. <laughs> not a fibber. It was kind of... <laughs> He bent the truth a bit. He bent the truth. He would tell you the most fantastical stories, right, to the point where some of the most fantastical ones were the one that was true, but you'd never believe him anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, the time he was coming home, he used to work... My granddad, Bert, who told my grandma for years when they were first courting that his name was Vinnie Royal. Turns out his name's Bert Boyle. Um, But, you know, he's living this super uh, glamorous lifestyle in his own mind. But he um, was coming home from work one day, he told us, uh, the print works he used to work in in Manchester, and he and there was a wild, a horse running wild in the street. Right now, my granddad was not from the sort of background where you saw horses very much, only in Western films. But he'd seen it done, so he thought he could jump on it and ride it to the police station, and that's exactly what he did. Right. And years later, I said that to my dad. I said, I've just realised that was probably a load of old nonsense, wasn't it? He went, No, no, that that one did happen. That one. And boxing, uh, bare-knuckle fights at the fairs and winning prizes, they, they were the ones that happened. The being in a circus acrobat didn't happen, uh, and the knowing Father Christmas and being able to make me into a fairy probably wasn't true either. But, you know, two out of four. The new granddads, they're obviously going to be characters, aren't they? I like oh. to think I try and be a bit of a character for my two. Oh, yeah. But... You know, maybe in a different way, again, generation thing, you know, maybe slightly different way of being characters, oh, no. you know. My dad's exactly the same of his, as his father. He, to- he, told, he told my sister that Hitler's first name was Billy. And the reason why monkeys sometimes have blue bums and sometimes have pink ones is because some are boys and some are girls. Now, these are things she didn't find out were nonsense until she went to school and put her hand up in classes. So, you know, I think the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree, to be honest, Barry. <laughs> no. It's lovely talking to you, Catherine. And, you too. Um, yeah, I'm hoping Ian's having a nice holiday. Oh, he is, but I think he's exhausted. He's going to, come, he's going to want to come back for a rest. Yeah. <laughs> nice to anyway, speak to you, Barry. Yeah. Yeah, I've really enjoyed, as I say, I've really enjoyed uh, since Monday and sorry I did miss a little bit, but it was in a good cause watching my team beat Manchester United. Sir, you are an outrage. Thank you very much for calling. 0344 Coming up, we've got Angela, we've got John, we've got Rebecca, but there's always room for a small one. 0344 Give me a ring. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. You really don't. We started out talking to late celebrities such as uh, Sir Roger Moore and Sir Ian McCaskill and now we're talking about what you can't eat anymore and uh, and the changes in lifestyles. But you can talk about whatever you want. This is kind of uh, an open forum for you to offload whatever is going on in that beautiful mind of yours. 0344 Let's check in with Angela. Hey, Angela. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm all right. What's going on with you? Uh I went to the hospital today. Oh. Yeah, about the specialist I've seen. Mm-hmm. Mm. He said, like, that this, this is what I don't get. Yeah, he said, my kidneys are fine, all that's fine. Good. Yeah, which was good. And, and um, like, 
if my condition I've got, if I've got arthritis in my shoulder, right. my hands and my knee, and you heard it click. Because you said swimming, swimming does it well. But I got quite um, about bursting into tears. You can't do anything from my back. Right. And I'm thinking, um, the next general election, I'm 59, um, I'm thinking, I'm coming into my 60s, it's not far off. And they, how, I said, how do I cope? And they said, you cope. He said what? Uh, he said what? He, he said, I'll cope, because it's too late for me to have an operation. Because I... My mum didn't find out I was a teenager in her 70s. And um, he said, I'm not good. And then I found out I'm choosing too much sugar. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? So I, I, t- I talked to my mum. And, um, and I got out of it. Do I end up dying like that? And they said, no. And uh, Nan died tomorrow. She she would have been 112. Right. And like, how can you produce too much sugar? And I swim, cycle, walk everywhere, Catherine. I do. I'm active. Yeah. And I flush those that much weight. I don't get it. Right. But he wants you to cut out sugar. No, he says I have cut out the sugar, but my body's producing it. Oh right. But what does that mean? I don't know, Angela. I'm not. I've never been to medical school. It's a, it's a tricky uh, one. I know. Do you trust this doctor? No. Well, well, no, because no, she's a di- diabetic nurse. Right. On Tuesday, because the my, my main doctor he was doing my head in. I said, "What are you on about?" I said, "He said everything's fine. My cholesterol's fine and all that. Because I am um, quite fit. I go swimming every week now." And I've got getting physio for my shoulder and my knee, because um, I use a lot of, I do a lot of knitting anyway, because that's out by hand. Because mm. regular when I have breakfast, I told the doctor to play on what I'm doing, because yeah, everything's mild. Mm. But I was, but I was like in tears to my mum, and my dad's not well. Yeah. And in like like, I says to my mum. Just did that happen to my nan, and my mom, mom, thinks my nan did have that problem. And I'd like, yeah, but I mean, it was mom, different times. You can't really compare. It could be, it could be something completely different. Um, I don't know what to say to you, Angela, to make you feel better. I, it, I can't really, can I? This is like he said to try. He said some people do. He said. Even if you're the active person in the world, some people do produce sugar. It's like um, choosing alcohol, because I had that once. I said, don't drink. And uh, once, but it was high. And I thought, so I thought, years ago, I was wondering, when I was at home, when my mum was wondering if I was a diabetic then. Mm. But you never know what period of time it was occurring. No. But... Um, my, my mom, I was just like, to my mom, what, 
well, her fight do I do from here? She said, she said, you just lost your weight and none went like that, but, but like, you won't go like your mum. You'll reach you, whatever you want to reach. But none, like, 63 before she got a pension, and that's what I'm worried about. Well, you know, um, your, your nan will have lived a completely different lifestyle to you and will have been sub subject to different things, so try not to compare. And I know it's difficult not to. I know it's difficult not to, especially when you've got someone that significant in your life. But mm. um, it sounds like you need a conversation with your diabetic nurse next time you see her. Talk about your, your worries as much as anything else. I think she'll explain it a bit more, more, because she said last time, because she's losing your weight, your sugar does play up, yeah. and, and it goes up and down. She said, but she said, she said, you, you, you worry, don't you? I said, a little bit. Yeah. She says, this is, when I was diagnosed, this was either 2016 or, no, it's 2018 or 19. Um, it's 2019 now, and she said, I've never been in a coma once. Right. Blimey. Angela, I'm, um, I, I, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to no cut, cut you off because we're coming up to the news. But listen, okay. seriously, have a, have a conversation with her. She sounds like she's got, yeah. she's quite switched on, your diabetic nurse. And yeah. I know it's yeah. easy to say, but try, <sighs> worrying's not going to make it any better. Have that chat with someone who can, who can give you some proper advice. Thanks for ringing, though. No, no worries, mate. Night, Angela. Bye, no, then. Bye-bye. 344 I mean, what can you say? The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. Funny, funny little smile Like a guilty child trying to fool you Funny, like Shasha Gabor not funny, ha ha, more funny, peculiar. You're strangely attractive. You're oddly adorable. And the funny fact is, funny, funny peculiar. You are the one. Yeah. Strangely attractive, you're madly magnificent. 
Kwanipakili, The Divine Comedy, probably the title track that should be used for this show, to be honest, because it is a weird one. And I'm not just talking about tonight, I'm talking about generally, because this is the sort, if you've never heard it before, usually I do this show with Ian Lee, my name's Catherine Boyle, and we talk about everything. We might come in with some ideas, but really the callers lead it, right? So you can come on and talk to me about whatever you want to, and people are, so I'm really grateful for it. If you want to give me a ring tonight, 0344 499 1000. That's 0344 499 1000. We'll pick up straight away. We will call you back straight away. It will barely cost you anything in terms of time, effort, or indeed funds. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kath. Hello. Thank you for hanging on. I know you've been there for a while, and apologies for that. But these conversations, flipping heck tonight, they've been all over the shop. I thought I might change gear a little bit. Yeah, go on then. because I, I heard something that made me chuckle the other day, and I'm hoping you might like it too. Wonderful. Um, it's about shared fetish venues. <laughs> okay, it's complete shifting in, yeah. in gear. T- tell me more. Breaks in Angela. Yes. <laughs> um, um, well, I go to a, a pub in, in Kings Cross uh, to see my friends every now and again, and um, uh, it's just a normal pub from the kind of ground floor up. You've got a ground floor and then a, an upper floor with a little roof garden. It's all very nice. Uh-huh. But it has kind of a basement that can be hired out for events and various things. And it tends to be kind of niche interest that, that hire this, this basement. Right. And um, there's a kind of a, uh, in terms of the economics of it, there's a critical mass of it. So some groups have got enough people so that they can fill it out and it'll make it pay. But some groups are very niche and they have to share. Um and as I understand it, uh, at the moment, we have adult babies having to share with the furries. You're, you're and I just really like the idea <laughs> of when it's kind of, well, you've got half the room dressed in nappies and, and baby goats, and the other half dressed in furry animal outfit. It sounds like a and fever you, dream about an, uh, the weirdest nursery you've ever heard of. <laughs> well, like, I like the idea of nap time, so when the <laughs> adult babies can curl up and they can cuddle the furries as their teddy bears. Wow. Wow. I always want... Do people, like, go dressed or they, do they tr- change there? Because, you know, people wandering wow. around London, no-one would bat an eyelid up, probably, uh, with any of it. I've, but... ne- I've never seen an adult baby wandering around, or a furry, to be honest. But maybe they've got coats on, big, long coats. <laughs> <That'll be laughs> the adult baby thing is interesting, though, isn't it? It is, it is. It's, um, I, I imagine it's about giving up all, all responsibility and just being totally... Uh, giving everything over to somebody else to, to do for you. Like, yeah. I, can, I can see how people maybe in high-powered jobs or high-stress situations might just like to spend a bit of time wiggling around on their back, kicking their legs in the air and, <laughs> and asking for bottles of milk. That I can kind of get. The soiling yourself, needing changing. Ooh, yeah. Do they do that? Oh, um, I think yeah, some but, do. I mean, uh, there's probably yeah. shades of, you know, with everything, but... Uh... Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, and, um, that's the bit I'd have a bit of trouble with. But you know what? I, Ian always says it, and it's true. If you can think about it, someone gets off on it. Yes, I reckon that's probably their case. Yeah. <laughs> but wow, these places. So when was the last time you went to a thing at King's Cross? Uh, probably about a month ago. And how much can you tell me about it? I'm, I don't want to pry, but I am interested. <laughs> well, I go to meet my, my friends there, and because it's like a normal pub, you can have a very vanilla time up mm-hmm. in the dust. But if you do go downstairs, the site that you see um, are fairly hair-raising, I'd have to say. If you imagine as imagine as sleazy as you can get, right. and it won't be as sleazy as that place, I don't think. Wow, wow. 
Right. Okay. So, but pe- but people obviously there's a, there's a market for it and people need it. I thought that King's Cross had mm. been quote unquote cleaned up. I I think it has. I yeah. think it has. But um, this displacement hasn't. Not <laughs> not by the smell of the toilet. Oh my God! Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fascinating insight, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. I just thought I'd pass it on to you. Thanks very much. You give me an image that I will. T- it will take a long time for me to get rid of. No <laughs> Thanks very much. Take care, Rebecca. You see, you can talk about whatever you want. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I mean, you know what a furry is, don't you? Because I kind of we did this thing. We were going to do a documentary about Comic Con and about um, cosplay, which is people dress up and get as so imaginative and so accurate and they'd spend months and the best cosplayers you know they make it from scratch it's not a matter of just going down to your local fancy dress shop and buying it or amazon you know the way me and the rest of the lazy mums do when it comes to book week and all that stuff they spent ages getting these costumes sorted out there were some amazing things at this co- uh, this um, comic-con thing there were people dressed up as like transformers and you know and you knew that they was completely homemade brilliant i mean it's artistry is what it is um but there was a whole kind of furry section as well and i would really love to speak to a furry about what that thing is right because in a non-judgmental way i just don't i don't get it I know for some of them it is a sexual thing, for some of them it isn't. But there were some furries at the Comic-Con and they kind of did keep themselves to themselves. I'm looking through the glass because I know that um, Sam is on the borderlines of some of this stuff. But furries? No. Nothing he's going to admit to tonight anyway. Let's have a word with John. Hey, John. Hello, Cassidy. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Sorry for making you hang on so long. No, not a problem. Uh, What I'd like to talk about, some people might think it's a bit controversial, but I'm going to wonder if I can talk about transgenders in sport. Go. Right. I don't know if you've seen any tweets by... Have you, have you heard of Sharon Davies? Yes. She's an NBA who used to be a swimmer. Yeah. Uh, and she's lately been bringing up about it unfair on women for trans to compete. Because right. if a man tra- becomes a lady, if you know what I mean, and then competes against a female in either swimming or boxing or athletics, it's just going to kill... A, few, a lot of young girls' dreams and stuff for the future, and it's a really tricky one. This because I I, I get it, and I, but I get both sides, right? So the first thing is, you know, um, f- for someone who is transgender, it's not a matter of a man becoming a lady; it's a matter of someone being born in the wrong body, right? And then finally getting reassigned properly. But yeah. the physicality that comes with that is is problematic when you are pitching physical types against each other. So I completely get it. And and it's something that Ian and I I have talked about in the past, and I wonder whether it's time that we start treating people the way we would treat uh, boxers and stuff, and which is pitting similar types against each other, regardless of what gender they are. Uh, yeah, you see, like like already in in like America, like the the universities and things, there's trans who are breaking records that have mm. been set by female like. I don't know how to put it like without offending people. People who were born as a female, yeah. I'll say it like that. Yeah, right? no, you're right. And, and there's there's videos of boxing or MMA where trans are fighting females, and I just think it's going to end in tragedy. I mean, I haven't got kids, so not, did you say you've got a seven year old daughter? I've got a seven year old daughter. Yeah. If your seven year old daughter is the fastest female sprinter in her region, uh-huh. how do you try to encourage her or to? Keep going as she is, knowing that 
in 10 years' time, she would be getting beaten by a trans athlete. Mm-hmm. I think it's tough on women. Like, they've come a long way in equal rights and all this kind of thing. But I think in 10 and 15 years' time, people have got to think about that it's going to ruin a lot of young girls' lives. And- I think we'll have got it sorted by then. I think we will have had a really... Because this is still quite... I mean, this is quite a new phenomenon and people are still working out where where we go with it, right? And yeah. so some of the answers have been um, ham-fisted. You know, the Casta Semenya, for example. Yeah. Um, someone who's always identified as a woman, it's only sort of come out in later life that genetically she has a lot of male characteristics. Um, and it's something that people have been accusing her of for years and years before she actually knew that that was the situation with herself. Yeah. I completely understand why, if you're an athlete training to the, you know, the nth degree, which is what they do, they f- they forego every part of, you know, uh, social life and all that stuff that, you- that young people enjoy doing and-, and-, and need for sort of healthy development because they're so, so targeted towards this one aim, you know, of being the best. I completely get why. Oh, he's gone. I completely get why this would happen. Can you get John back for me, please? It's a really tricky one, and I think we're just at the start of this journey, but it's a conversation worth having. Um, and I don't know what the answer is, apart from this idea of looking at people, matching people physically rather than in terms of um, gender. What do you think? Could that work? You know, like in, in boxing, you've got sort of bantamweight, featherweight, all that sort of stuff, and they look... You wouldn't ever put someone a heavyweight against a bantamweight. Maybe we look at it that way instead and, and have men and women racing together. Would that work? I wonder. John's back. Hey, John. I've talked about this like with all my mates and yeah. stuff. And, and like in the Olympics, say, you have the men's and the women's, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you could separate and have trans, trans female and trans male. But then I don't think the trans female and trans male would like being separated from male and female. No. So I just don't know how it's ever, how that's ever going to get sorted, really. Because, like I say, Without one, I don't mean to offend people, but it's I know you definitely don't. not fair for a trans male who's trans went to a female mm-hmm. to be competing against a female that's been working for fifteen years and sacrificed many things. Although, hang on, it de- it depends on the trans male because some women would would be would be a cisgendered male, you know, because they're so good. So it, but it is you know, it's an interesting hy- hypothetical idea at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I, I just think it's. It's something to think about as well for children. I mean, breaking kids' dreams at seven and eight-year-old and saying, look, you won't be able to compete well, as a female in 100 metres because you won't be quick enough. That seems, a bit, that seems a bit drastic at this point. The transgender community is still in the minority and they're still trying to find their way. Yeah. Um, here's my tack on stuff like this from now on. What I've started doing recently, I'm willing to ask someone who's transgender what they think about it. I'm will, I, I want to yeah. hear what they think. Because yeah. otherwise, we're just guessing, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I'd like, it'd be nice. like you say, I'm not, I'm not ringing up to offend people. Or no, I know like you're that. not. I'm just wondering where, we're go- where it's gonna, where it's gonna go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. What I feel really uncomfortable about is people who, you know, um, cis women somehow having it in for trans, transgen- transgender women when actually we're all kind of battling for a similar thing, and it's yeah. people just trying to live their lives the best way they can. And frankly, we need they need cutting some slack. They have a hard enough time as it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, this kind of idea of pitting one person against another, it, it, is, it is a thorny thing. And I don't know what the answer is apart from taking gender out of it completely. 
But anyway, interesting, to- in- interesting topic of conversation. It anyway. is. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. And I wonder if there is someone no. who's. Uh, thank you very much for calling. I wonder if any- anyone who is better placed than us to to have a conversation about this. I'd love to hear from you. What What do you think? Because this sort of stuff gets thrown around by people sometimes, and I'm not suggesting that John did, who have an agenda, an anti-trans agenda, which is you know they're coming into. Um, pervert pervert cis women and they're getting in situations where they can take advantage of the fact that they're given different um you know different rights than people other people who were born male do you know what i mean and i just don't i hate that i hate that stuff i really hate that stuff but you know it's a conversation that keeps coming up and i don't believe it's something that we've answered yet and I don't believe we're in a situation where we have to start telling seven-year-old girls they might as well forget it because sooner or later there's going to be a transgender female who's going to whoop their ass around the track. I don't believe that yet. But those conversations are floating about, aren't they? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Give me a shout. I'd love to hear from you. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Better get to these phones. Flipping it, they're starting to mount up. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you fancy a chat, I'm the right person to chat to, and you can talk about whatever you want. Hey Simon. Hi Cabes. How are you? Cabes. <laughs> I just came back to last night. That's all. No, that's all right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Before I start, can I just bring something up that that I maybe shouldn't bring it up, but you oh, can God. always dump me, I suppose. Go on. Why are they constantly playing the Jeremy Kyle advert when he hasn't been seen since before Christmas? Because part- I, I don't know. I really don't know. But at some point he'll return and we'll all be grateful. Woo! Just ridiculous. Anyway. Um, lettuce. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, I, I've, I was aware of the lettuce thing for insomnia. I yeah. saw for myself. Um, not all the time, but I go through phases. And I deal with it with um, prescription medication. Mm-hmm. But the reason for that being that, because um, I work, I'm, I, I'm a driver, and I need to be able to guarantee that I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I mean, like I say, it's only, it only happens um, brief periods every now and then. Um, but I often thought about trying the lettuce thing. So you say that works? Yeah. Honestly, she, she made me this salad sandwich, right? Yeah. And it was lettuce. It was just all the green stuff. But I think yeah. lettuce is the main ingredient that you want. Um, really, yeah, really boring. The, hmm? Yeah, because lettuce has got the, the property. That, yeah, exactly. But the thing is... But also, it's such a boring yeah. sandwich, you can hardly be bothered to finish it. You might as well go to bed. But it was. It worked a treat. I don't know whether it was psychosomatic or what. No, I don't know. Because like, I've, I've heard of that. I haven't got around to trying it. But um, what... The reason why I question it, and obviously if you're saying it works, it must work, but is you don't normally feel tired when you've had a salad, do you? No, but don't you put other things with it? Sorry, say again? Don't you put other things with it, though? Oh, I suppose, yeah. So in this case, you're having, you're having, like, bread, so you've got your starchy yeah. carbohydrate, really boring yeah. salad stuck on top of it. Yeah. And you're just about to go to bed anyway. So I think it Tell might just what? tip you over the edge. I tell you what, I'm I'm looking at changing my lifestyle because um, I'm hopefully moving flat soon, and I want to try and start again, lose a bit of weight and everything else. Yeah. And um, I'm slowly getting into 
um, healthier foods. And the one thing that I'm finding that is great is spinach because the shop around the corner from me sells it in frozen like cubes. Yeah. And so I'm literally just chucking it in with everything. I love it. I love spinach. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. Yeah, and you it kind of because especially if you're not eating as much meat uh, as you, you or you you're used to. Sorry, I get quite uh, anemic and iron deficient, and uh, spinach is brilliant for that. Yeah, see, I've never, never ever considered what I eat. It's always whatever's well, normally takeaways, to be honest. It's yeah. whatever's, you know, closest to hand and easiest to get hold of. Absolutely, and, and it's, an easy, hour... it's an easy trap to fall into, that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, and this is the thing is, this is going to sound like heaven to some people, but it, it isn't, it's hell. You know, most of my food, probably 80% of my diet, is handed to me through a window and is eaten out of a box or a bag. Yeah. Now, some people would be like, oh, that's amazing, but it isn't. It's awful. Not every day. Not every day, no. I think, you know... The The other thing... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, The other thing I was going to say was caffeine. Yeah. Caffeine has no effect on me at all. You reckon? Yeah. Try stopping it. Well, I mean, I I don't ever remember having any form of buzz or wake up from coffee or tea or coke or whatever yeah and there was one time where i was doing a night shift and i put and i didn't re- i didn't know that caffeine was dangerous i put seven he- teaspoons of coffee in this drink thinking it'll keep me up all night man that is insane Again, didn't have any effect at all no but that's because you probably got loads of it in your system if you stop it you'll be surprised at how um how ill you feel yeah, maybe I'll give it a go when I try my new lifestyle. Before I go, your taste in music is absolutely bloody brilliant. Oh, thanks. I I said a couple of weeks ago, I don't know whether you remember, that I'm not really into music. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, when Ian's playing a song, it's a case of, oh, just bear with it, it will stop in a minute. You <laughs> know what I mean? But I love what you play. There was a song that you played a few weeks ago when you did the, the stint last, and yeah. it was... Um, black Suit or something like that? Oh, Burn the Black Suit, Juliet Turner. Oh, you, I don't know what, but you just come out with gems, and that, it's brilliant. I love it. Oh, I'm glad. I love her. I love her. I used to, I used to use her music when I worked on a different show, and we did different accents, and I had to learn a Northern Irish accent, and I found listening to her was really helpful. I probably couldn't do it now, but I can imagine. Yeah, but she's. Have great. you ever heard of a band called Zero Seven? Yes. What do you think of them? It was kind of chill out music, wasn't it, back in the nineties? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a bit real mellow. Yeah. I don't Lots know. Of different instruments and yeah, I, I quite like them. I, I just like things that maybe sound a little bit different to, to the norm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, well, get on Juliet Turner because she's amazing. Well, hopefully, hopefully not. Lit- well, maybe literally. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much, Simon. Bye bye. No falling asleep on the job. Oh, God, I can't believe I said that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hello, Nigel. Oh, good evening, Catherine. And good evening to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I I got to Maystone fairly early, and I couldn't find that place you, after all. You're kidding me! No, um, I went to the church. It's supposed to be behind the church, and some people sent me down the road to the wrong place, and then I got all muddled up, and then it was t- it was too late to get there because it was after half past one. Oh no! So, right. But then again, I rang I rang Katie, who was who was in Parliament this afternoon. Yeah. She was in Parliament, and uh, she said. Go tomorrow and get the direction. Right. Tomorrow. I'll have another go tomorrow. 
So right. I, was riding about, I was riding about all over the place, didn't know where I was going. Let me check on here, right? So we want Maidstone yeah. Day Centre. Well, I know where it is now, but I, did, I didn't do it before. Oh, you know, you'll be able to find it tomorrow, will you? Well, it's, it should be behind the church where I was. I, well, I was sent away from the church by people. Yeah, it's not in the church grounds. It's right. Let me let uh, me look at the map so I can give you a decent idea. It's inside the church. At the no, back of the church inside. No, it's not. So it's Night Rider. Oh. Right, you know where Night Rider Street yeah. is? Marsham Street. Is it on there? No, it's Marsham. on. No, it's not. You know, oh. not right. So, do you know? Where the church is, is on Priory Road. Yeah. Okay. Uh, At the top of Priory right. Road, you've got either Brunswick Street or Knight Rider Street. You want Knight Rider Street. Marsham Street's up by the church as well. Marsham Street. That's, that's not where we're talking about, though. Oh, I'll have to get directions tomorrow because I don't know where to go at the moment. So I'll, I'll, she's going to give me directions. All right. Okay, I think. All right. When I, when I go in there next. And it snowed in Maystone. Did it? Blimey. Yes, and, I, and it was freezing cold. And I and then I had a terrible afternoon because they cut my phone off. So I couldn't ring anybody until later on. Mm-hmm. So I went and put some money in the bank. Then I rang the phone company. They, 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 couldn't, um, they couldn't get access to my money because I had an overdraft in the bank. So I went back to the bank. Paid a bit more money, yeah. then I rang the phone company again, then they put it on. It was terrible because I had to hang on the phone ages. And and I, I owed the bank £13. Right. And and then I had to pay £45 to get my phone put back on. So now I'm short again, you see. Um, so and it's Wednesday. It was, Today's when you got paid, right? Yeah. But it was, I, they wouldn't put the phone back on without me paying £45. And next next month, it's going to be £80. Right, you need to tell... You know Simon from uh, Crop? Yeah. You need to tell him all this stuff because he'll be able to sort this out for you. Well, I need to find a cheaper phone company, really. Definitely, I, definitely. Because I've got a £400 bill to get through. Oh, but Nigel. But they said it was because of the 118500 I've been ringing. There's what? lots of them down. What's 118500? Just to find out where various people are I've been you know if you can't find the number right yeah that's but director inquiries BT and that's ex- that's more expensive yeah but I don't believe it's all to do with that there's some other reason why it's so dear and you've, I don't know why you've got the internet at home right well I've got the laptop and I watch quite a lot of films why don't you maybe. instead of phoning 118 why don't you google those numbers in future yeah of course but they said it, they said Facebook and that doesn't take the money Facebook. No, no, no. No, it won't. No. It's the phone that takes the money. Exactly. Yeah. And 118500, if yeah. they put you through, mm-hmm. they charge you again. Have you yeah, been letting yeah, them do, do that? that? I'm not do, I'm not going to do that anymore anyway. So, I was in and out the in and out the bank, in and out the EE shop. I bet. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going. I bet you've had a busy day. <laughs> well, so, I got I got, I got frightened that I wouldn't get the phone back on you see, and I needed to ring people like Catherine or whatever, mm. and 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 so, but now now they shouldn't be cut. They said I've got four weeks now before I pay, to pay up four weeks, you know, to save up for the next bill. Right, but it's contin- it's too much for me. It's it is me too much. Money. But but try not yeah. to try not to get stressed out about it because now you've got the mm. right help. It should be sorted yeah. out for you. Um, just... Can you get free food every day from the he- from the from the food place? I talk to them. I'm not sure how they do it. Whether they send you a parcel yeah. or whether you get free lunch there or oh. whatever. 
maybe I can get it every other day or something to, so I can save more money uh, well, instead of buying it in the shop. Well, that's, that's, the, um, that's the idea. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, um, let me think, Do you know? so you know where Priory Road is? Um, I'm not sure now. I, I've, I've passed it, the sign, I think. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Is well, it by s- the church? Yeah. I think so. Right. I'm just worried that you don't know where this thing is. I wonder if I could send you a... Would a map help? No, no, they're going to write directions when I pop down to see Helen Grant. OK, um, OK. They're going to write... Well, Katie's going to write directions if Helen Grant's not there. They are good they to you there, aren't they? They are. She, they said that I could go to Parliament in the, near in the summer when it's better weather, you know. It's not, it's not very nice weather to go travelling, is it? No, not at the moment. Um, but I wanted to have a look around London, and I'm not going to walk about if it's snowing. They said more snow showers tomorrow. Weather. It's all over the place at the moment, Nigel. Mm. All over the place. But then again, mm. we do live in England, or well, you live in England, and uh, it, it's April, yeah. and so it's always like this. Yeah. All over the show. It's too late to sing tonight because it's about 20 to 1 now, I think. Yeah. I watched it. I've been watching the Transporter 3 earlier. That, that, yeah, it's, um, what's it called? Uh, Jason Stratham film, you know. Jason Statham. Yeah, I've never so, seen yeah. that one either. You do like your um, oh. your muscle men, don't you? No, no, it's only because I, I, I do the weights myself. You've seen some of the videos, I expect. Have you seen any of my weight videos? I've seen, yes. I've seen more That's than I ever need to. With the spring, with the spring. Yeah, I mean, wow. The one where I bend, the bend the spring, yeah. But I've, got, I've not been doing any weights or bodybuilding, but I've got bigger by leaving it off. Oh, um, I found, yeah, I found that my muscles have been growing bigger by leaving the weights off because the cycling does all your body really pulling and pedaling and yeah, know, and you're I, and you're always on the sorry. go and you're not eating very much. That'll do it. I'm eating. I'm eating properly now. Okay, I, good. I, I'm eating properly, but I think the cycling keeps me fit, and I don't really need the weights now. Don't mm. need to do weights. And. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy as I am, really. Excellent. Hey, do you know what? There's someone called Charlie Taters, I don't think it's his real name, on Twitter, no. who has just yeah. tweeted me um, a picture of where you need to go, which you might find useful. Shall I tweet it to yeah, you? the food place? Yeah. Um, or perhaps you could put it onto my uh, Facebook or something. Well, or let me tweet it to you. What's your Twitter um, name? Nigel Reader 3. All right, let me put it on now. That's where I've got I've got Hilary Duff on in now. Have you? <laughs> well, I've, I've been I've been talking to her on the the, the real Hilary Duff with a tape, like you've got you know the real one. Yeah, t- telling her about um, all me me troubles, you know. <laughs> I don't think it'll be the real one, Nigel. Well, is it the one with the tick is normally the real one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but she's not DMing you, is she? Uh, well, they, Twitter I usually get replies on Facebook. I've had a reply on Facebook from her mm. quite often saying thank you for being such a good fan okay and yeah but only on facebook twitter i've never had any replies from anybody on twitter no tell you what but, you've got to be um, careful of though nigel both on mm. on those sort of places okay mm. the ones with the blue tick usually is them right and it's unlikely yeah. you'll get a reply but you never know but if but, you start getting people who look like they might be famous people on facebook be very careful because there's a lot of con oh, men know, and women out there yeah but the one usually the one that I mean the real Noah Cyrus and Marley Cyrus have got a tick and it's they're the real they're the real people. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook that is, but I'm not so sure on Twitter. And I know Facebook. and I know in the past you've had people who said that they're friends with them. Yeah. Just be careful. Yeah. Be careful because people yeah. are terrible pretenders on there. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, you were going to say, it's too late to sing me a song. <laughs> what, which one have you yeah, been practising, though? Because you've got the Beatles now, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't had, had time earlier because I've been busy, you know, doing things, like cooking and doing the washing up and watching films mm. to learn another song yet. But I'll, I'll do one for, for Ian next week. Oh, that'll be a treat. You'll love yeah, that. You, are, you on to, are you on to the rest of the week, are you? I am, yeah. It's Wednesday already. Um, I'm on tomorrow and the day after. Uh, there was one, um, something in the way... Something in the way you look, that one. Um, no, something in so, the way... You, what, how's it go? Something. Um, something in the way she moves. That one. Yeah, that one. That's it. That's the one, yeah. I, I, I like that tune. That's quite a nice one. It's a beautiful learn, song, isn't it? It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I know the tune, but I don't know the words yet because I, I haven't looked at the words. I bet you'll be um, good at that one. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going into the kitchen. It's a bit clearer. Is it any better now? Sorry? Is it clearer now because I've gone into the kitchen? It's, it's beautifully cl clear oh, now. Oh, I know what I was going to say now. It's come back to me now. Go on. Yeah, my friend, um, I rung my friend uh, in Hailing Island and she's just come back from Vegas because he works in Vegas for about three months on end. Who's that? Well, uh, a palm reader called Brian, Brian Gunn, my friend for years, for about 20 years. He just come back from Vegas. He works in the posh hotel. Brian Gunn. Okay, let me have, have a look. Have you heard of him? No, I'm just looking him up. Maybe I'll recognise his face. Yeah, he's, he's um he's got glasses and he's about sixty five. It's not a Scottish goalkeeper. Oh no, of course not. Is it? Is it Gunn? Oh, hang on, let me look. Brian Gunn. Okay, if I put Palm in there. I think Palm Reader, yeah, Palm, palm Reader for the stars. He's worked, He's done. He's read Palms of famous stars like Freddie Starr. Oh, big, the big time. Right, let me look. I don't know if he's, he advertises much. Can't find him. No, I, I couldn't on Facebook or anything. Hmm. And how long have you known this person? About, mm, must be 20 years now, yeah, because I used to meet him at Butlins years ago. Oh, right, and okay. um, I've got photos. But, uh, I mean, he, he's, uh, he's very nice. I, I rung and had a chat with him earlier. Um, and he, he said I got on very well, you know, considering mum's gone, you know. Yeah. They were doing quite well. Yeah, it's, it's horrible oh, what's happened to you. It's really hard and you yeah, are doing well. It's terrible for me. It's terrible. I miss her so much. And... and uh, the, the the one thing my 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 final goal is to try and get on the one show or, or TV singing a song or drumming or something. Yeah. You know that would be be what I, my ambition to get on TV and just sing one song on the TV. Um, I don't know whether Helen Grant can help me get on the one show or something like that. She, I, I she might have a lot. Of I don't think so, she, especially at the moment. They're trying to work out whether they yeah. get get out of Europe, aren't they? Never mind getting on the telly. Well, we don't know how long the Prime Minister is going to be in, do we? Exactly. It's not looking great, no. Nigel. But, you know, it's, it's I think looking... Helen's done a fantastic job for you. You must agree. Mm. Mm. Yes, of course. And Ian. Don't forget Ian. My friends were surprised about Ian sending me food. Well, um. <laughs> he's not all bad, you know. No, he said, I've got some good friends, My uh, Brian said. Yeah. I've got some good friends. Well, you know, people care about you, Nigel. I'd lo I'd like to go to Vegas, but you need to ba you need to have a job out there and be working to pay the money, don't you? But pay your keep out there. Kinda, yeah, and it's a hard business. Mm. It's a hard business. Well, 
You can't holiday out there all the time, can you? Because it's too expensive. Not all the time, but you could probably go. For, you know, probably go for mm. a, a holiday, maybe. But we need to get you sorted out first, don't we? So yeah, we can I, pay your bills I, yeah. and stuff before we start thinking I'm, about the, that. The, the, the letter from the king. This letter from the king. I need to take to um, uh, uh, an auctioneer at Tunbridge Wells and value this letter I've got. The one I talked about before from 1939. Yeah. It, it's from the King George V. Uh, to my mum's uncle, yeah. and that um, it's probably worth quite a lot to the right buyer, but I don't know yet until it's been valued. It's all about what someone else will pay for it. So yeah, you've got to find the yeah, right yeah. person. If it's an American person, or even a Chinese person, might be willing to give quite a lot for a, an English letter. You never know. So that's something to work on when the weather gets better. Hey Nigel, it's nice to hear you more yeah. hopeful about stuff. Yeah, <laughs> don't forget you're welcome to come over for a cup of tea any time. <laughs> Thanks very much, Nigel. You smoothie. I'll see you later. Lightening it up a bit. Bless you. I'll speak, it up a bit, I'll speak yeah. to you again and, soon. And a hug. And oh, a hug, Catherine. All right now. Come on, Nigel. I, Calm I, down. I want a hug, Catherine. I need a hug. I bet you do. Take care of yourself. Yeah, I'll speak I, to you I've again soon. I've hugs before by women, though. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, I can't yeah. compete with that. Nice to speak to you, Nigel. Take care of yourself. I mean, just when you think that, uh, that maybe he's... Um, He's given up all that stuff. There's life in the old dog yet, let's just say that. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. And just like that, it's coming up to quarter to one, so we better crack on. Thank you for everyone who's um, got in touch with me this evening. You've kept me company, you've kept me entertained. Hopefully I've done the same for you. This show goes its own way. You know, I lay things out at the beginning and it very seldom goes the way I imagine in my head, but it usually goes somewhere better. So thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the fact that you confide stuff in me that maybe you don't tell anyone else. Hello, Simon. Good evening, Kath. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, well, no, I've been better. Yeah, not great, huh? Well, remember I was telling you a couple of weeks ago about the positive Simon who always looks positive on everything? Yeah. I'm not feeling particularly positive at the moment. No, and do you know what? It's allowed. It's allowed. Yeah, I know. Given what you're um, going through, you're allowed. Well, I've sort of got a date now. A date um, A date the, for what? The operation. Right. Um, I would like to say I'm pre-op, but that will just get me in a world of hurt, and I don't want to say that. <sighs> um, no, it's at the um, end of the month, but I suppose we're getting closer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not scared, it's just... It's, it becomes real, doesn't it, once you've got a date like that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also what it, well, what it can do is um, cut part of my tongue off. Yeah. Well, basically, they can do all Hannibal Lecter stuff on my face, which would be nice. Well, there's nothing I can say to make that less horrible than it is, but... Thank God you caught it when you caught it. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Just that, 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 that's been there too long. I need to go and see somebody about that. Mm. So, in a way, I'm glad it's coming up, but yeah. um, there's a little bit of trepidation there. Yeah, completely understandable. Completely understandable. And, and I bet you can't see beyond it at this point. No, and I think the worst thing for me is. Um, where I'd been dry for nearly a year, 
you know, I got the news, and so I had a lapse. Mm. And that's the most annoying thing for me, the disappointment in myself that I lapsed into it. Okay. But do you know what? Be a bit kind to yourself, Simon. One thing at a time. You can only deal with one thing at a time. Well, I spoke to the nurse, and she said, well, I don't actually blame you. Yeah. I think, yeah, but it's not right. I should be a stronger person. Yeah. But there we go. Yeah. But you know, and you know yourself. So, you know, once you get past what's going to happen at the end of the month, then you can start worrying about the future. But at this point, you know what? I think it is completely understandable that you'd have a relapse. Yeah, okay. Um, but now, here's the thing. You get to decide whether it's a relapse or a blip. Oh, it's a blip. There we go. You know what you need to I do. I know it's a blip. You know what you need to do and you know what's behind it. Yeah. All right, Simon. Oh, and on the food bank, Sam for Nigel. Yeah, go on. Um, I believe you're only allowed to use them so many times per month. Well, I don't know what the situation is for him, so I didn't want to advise him either way. I'm hoping that once they speak to him, they can form that relationship with him where they can take the take the wheel, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope they do, because I'm sure underneath it, I'm sure he's a pain in the arse, but he's a nice pain in the arse. <laughs> yeah, and someone needs to look out for him, you know? It's not his fault. The other thing is, at that place, I know they do kind of meals for people who are in vulnerable positions. He can have sit-down meals there. So I don't know what they've got planned for him. Um, But it's got to be better than what he's dealing with at the moment. Oh, exactly. And it would be so many things to talk to. Yeah. At these places, which is like he needs more than anything else. Of course he does. Of course he does. You have to listen to him talking on here. He loves it. Loves company. I actually look forward to him coming on. (laughs) If you want, I'll g- I'll give him your phone number, Simon. He can phone you direct. <laughs> well, actually, Kath, um, do you know what? That's, that's a great idea. Unfortunately, my phone doesn't take incoming calls. Oh, technicality then. Yeah. You got away with it this time, Simon. You're not going to do it again, though, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, nice to speak to you. I need to um, crack on because I need to speak to Jerry before Paul Ross comes in. But thanks for giving us a ring with an update. And, you know, we'll be thinking of you. And um, you know where we are if you want to gab. Yeah, all right, thanks very much. Hey, take care of yourself, Simon. Bye. Let's have a quick word with Jerry. Jerry, what's going on? Oh, I've got an appointment. Oh, have you? What for? Neurologist tomorrow. Okay. And how are you feeling about it? Oh. Can you shut the door, please? It's in there. It's going to sound metabolic. Mm-hmm. Rescue search of cooking pretty quick. Yeah, you sound tired. No, I'll be all right. Yeah. No, but Reprise is off time to getting worse. Yeah. Any longer. So the disease is progressing. Socket fighting. Got two. Yeah, no. So Paul's a nice guy, too. Which Paul? Oh, Paul Ross. He's all right. He's not such a bad old... Spoutin' one. <laughs> He's giving me the Vs! Protein once is really nice for me. He's lovely. He's lovely, but don't tell everyone because he won't want it spread about. Yeah, love, love, love his programme. Yeah, he's good. It's cost him a lot of money. No win, no fee. Must cost him a lot of money for what? No win, no fee. His programme, his quiz programme. Oh, yeah. God, it's before my time, Jerry. You, you're forgetting I'm a spring chicken. Um, um, yeah, 
so I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow. Do. You're fading a bit, aren't you, Jerry? No, I'll be all right in five minutes. That's the worst thing, I'll be all right in five minutes. Of course you will. Of course you will. Sod's law. I'm speaking pretty clear, I don't know. You're speaking all right. It's just a bit slow and sleepy. Yeah, I couldn't mouth into operating properly, yeah. Oh, I know that feeling. I've not got you the excuse. You saw a presenter come in on Saturday morning. Jake, is he still on the station? Jake Yap? Yeah. No, he isn't. He does a lot on Radio 4, though. I feel like a good sense of humour. Yeah, he is. He's funny. Jake Yap, have a look on Radio 4, Radio 4 Extra. In fact, I think he's got his own show on Radio 4. If you um, Google him. Okay, thanks very much. I'm saying hello to Paul. I will do. He's going to come in in a minute and, and okay, shake bye. the whole thing up. Hey, Jerry, I always like it when you ring up. You take care of yourself. Okay, boom, boom, shake the roof. now. Of course you are. Uh, are you still coming to see us in Manchester? Yeah, as long as you get an hamburger this time. All right, cool. Well, we will um, save you a good seat, and this time we'll, we'll we won't I'll forget. I'll try you not then. freeze all the way through the bloody show this time. Well, sometimes it's better if you do. Otherwise, you're going to be very disruptive. I know you. Well, it's, well, it's, it's break dancing. <laughs> show off. Okay, see you later. Take care, Jerry. Good night. Get some right. rest. Bless you. Thanks then. Very thanks for ringing, poor Jerry. Jerry, if you don't know, he's a regular caller. He's got Parkinson's. Doesn't get on anywhere else because they always think he's drunk. He hasn't got that excuse. But he, is, uh, he can be a filthy devil, and it's kind of reassuring when those little uh, flickers of naughtiness come out, because you know he's feeling better. Speaking of flickers of naughtiness, Mr Paul Ross. Good morning, and good morning to you, Jerry. Thank you for the kind words. My, uh, my late mother-in-law will live with Parkinson's, and yeah. it's a horrible, debilitating condition, so God bless you, Jerry. Nothing wrong with his mind. That's the most no, frustrating thing. That's the thing. I mean, you know, I don't know how he feels at the moment. Certainly my ma-in-law, and she was my daughter's uh, grandma, she felt trapped at times. Yeah. Oddly, when she, every now and again she would go swimming. And I think either the shock of the water or that freedom, and it kind of liberated her from it for a while. Temperature is a thing, because I know in the warmer months he has real problems. All oh, right. A lot more problems. Maybe that's so. what it was then. Yeah. And no wind, no fear. That's a blast from the past. They're too serious, that rubbish for the BBC. When was that? It would have been... It was the century. It would have been, I don't know, 2003, four. And genuinely, um, it was me against loads of contestants, and it got down to two contestants against each other. And if they both, you had to, so the, we'd ask a question yeah. of you, yeah. and I had to predict before you answered whether you knew it or didn't know it. And if we got it, if you got it wrong and I got the prediction wrong, then the host won the money. Oh! In the first, but all game shows have got a flaw. And the thing was, if they said the person was going to get it right, okay then they, they, the only way I could win the money. So all they say is, I th I'm, I'm going to say he's going to get it wrong, because that way you don't get any money. So the first series, I won about seven or eight of the games. We made 20, and mm -hmm. that was good, because it was five grand prize a show. The second one, I and only won two. did that get turned into real money for you? Oh, yeah, and for the contestants. Wow. And, and one of the contestants who beat me was the guy, the big, bald-headed guy from Eggheads. Right. With the glasses. He was on it as well. So. Got yeah. There you go. Well, no win, no fee. Jerry misses it. And, well, <laughs> probably on Challenge TV or something, <laughs> but for the second series, it was no fee for me. Oh, And at Paul. one point, it's made for hat-trick. At one point, they really went nuts, and they said, um, right, and we, we're not even going to, you know, because you you're do you there all day, and you've got to take your suits in and stuff. And they said, no, no, you've got to come in by public transport. We're not going to get your car. And I said, well, I think you can be taking this too far, because if I'm bringing all my own clothes as well, I could do with a hand. Is hat-trick Rory McGrath? Uh, it was. I think he got bought out of it. It was. Right. Uh, what's the guy? Jimmy Mulvey was company. It was Jimmy and Rory originally. I think in the end, I think Rory. I think they parted company. Wow. Well, I mean that yeah. getting you to walk it yeah. virtually. No, no, taking no win, no fee. That's what it was. <laughs> no, no win, no fee, no bus. Mind you, we're talking telly on the program uh, tonight or this morning. But Brilliant. actually, with what the difference, got? well, there's a 
I've seen it, and it's an amazing documentary, uh, and it's called Jack the Ripper, The Case Reopened. You're the second person to talk about that to me this week. It sounds brilliant. Well, it's Amelia Fox and Professor David Wilson, and we've got the prof on the programme. He's one of Britain's leading criminologists. He was a prison governor, this guy, at the age of 29, and after working in the service for about 10 years, he then became an academic, a professor. He established a big criminology department in Birmingham University, mm-hmm. and he's worked alongside... I mean, you know, she was directly involved with Amelia Fox, but they've worked with experts, and they've done this kind of digital effectively a digital autopsy, as the Americans call it, on the victims. And it's very much not about fetishising the victims. It's very much coming to conclusions about Jack the Ripper, and they do. Wow. So we've got the man... We're not going to give that away, but we've got David Wilson coming up, and he's a great guest, David. What's that called again, Jack the Ripper? Jack the Ripper, case reopened. It's 9 o'clock tonight, BBC One. Right, so I'll have, have to watch it on the iPlayer or record it or something. Or download it, as you kids do, or Omnipod it, or whatever it is this week. I'll, find it. I'll Google it and find it somehow. It sounds brilliant. What else you got? Uh, we've also got a, a fascinating story about a woman who's working on something in Sweden, and she's managed to make... Stay with me on this, because it sounds bizarre and counterintuitive. She's managed to make wood, i.e. the chemical components of wood, transparent. Oh. Which means glass is fantastic, but glass is terrible for insulation. Mm-hmm. If you use wooden windows and they're see-through wood, I know it sounds crazy, but actually what that means is they're five or six times better insulation, even than double glazing. So if you're making, and she's Swedish, and if you're, and they're very keen on being environmentally friendly... I was going to say, it's more problem, sustainable, isn't absolutely it? Absolutely sustainable, but also it means that you're going to save money on your heating bills and stuff. But the notion of transparent, see-through wood is just bizarre. What a time we're living through. We've also got a man who's working on printing, holographically printing 3D replacement organs for human beings. I know, we're living in a Star Trek world, aren't we? It's incredible, yeah. right? When, they used to, when we used to watch, you know, these programmes where they would predict what was going on in the future, they would talk about flying cars and things made yeah. out of tinfoil that we'd be wearing. They never, they never told us about this stuff. Have you ever heard of hauntology? No. It's a kind of French philosophical thought, and I'm trying to get somebody on to talk about it because it really charms me. Hauntology is basically nostalgia for a lost past, and it's when you're 15 or 16, and exactly as you've outlined, you see programmes like Tomorrow's World, or you read comic books, or read some, and you think that's what, we're all going to be wearing spandex and yeah. travelling on monorails, and when you hit your 40s or 50s, and I know you're asking about weird things when you hit your 40s, <laughs> you realise that that future's never going to be yours, so you suffer from what they call hauntology. Isn't that a great notion, though? Wonderful. And when I hit 40, 39, 40, I suddenly became catalogic. We'd Is had cats right? as a kid. I, one of my cats gave birth to kittens at the foot of my bed. Always had cats, loved them. And, and we had, I had a cat when I was in my 30s called, uh, what's he called, Pudding, little cat. Um, and then suddenly, at the age of 40, and now, if I touch a cat and t- get it in the eyes, I puff up like Mike Tyson's batter me. What witchcraft is this? I know, old age, tied to me like a tin can to a dog's tail, as James Joyce knows. <laughs> More of that in about four minutes' time when Paul Ross is back for the duration. Thank you very much, Paul, and thank you for you for your company. I shall see you same time tomorrow, 10 till 1, talking about something completely different. In the meantime, you're in the best of company. Good night. Talk Radio, the 21st century dream team of dialogue, debate and discourse. Talk Radio, give it some lift.